Sure, and then I'd go the, down uh, to the Bijou and get a penny candies and moon pies and penny whistles. I realize it sounds yeah, old. Where'd as you fuck. leave your walker? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
So obviously there's some there's some classics here, mm-hmm. right? There's mm-hmm. some songs that I, I had to have heard before. Yes. And so it's fun always to find like that and go, oh, here's some familiar music in the midst of me learning a whole lot of new music. I didn't particularly like this album. Okay. <laughs> I, I I had I had a feeling. I, I could see this going either way. Yeah, there are some things I like I actually really dig, right? Mm-hmm. But overall I I probably wouldn't listen to this album again. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to hop into it? Sure. Okay, so we've got. Oh, let me, oh let yeah. Me give me some. Give me some, some background. Yeah. Let me know what's going on with Led Zeppelin. So four. Led Zeppelin, uh, arguably one of the most successful. Actually, not arguably one of the most successful, biggest rock acts of all time. Mm. Absolutely massive. They were formed in 1968. It was Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, and John Bonham, just four dudes. Uh, and they're cited as the progenitors of the hard rock slash heavy metal genre. Oh, like before okay. the, nothing, nothing rocked this hard before them. Mm, like okay. they, they came okay. out, they came out hard, and they were heavily influenced by blues, American blues, and folk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost too much so. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Jimmy Page wrote the music, Plant wrote the lyrics, and originally the band's name was the New Yardbirds. And upon hearing uh, that their career would go down, quote, like a lead balloon, it was changed to Led Zeppelin, uh, which, ah! which, according to Page, was, quote, the perfect combination of heavy and light, combustibility and grace. Okay. Which I like. All right. I, I would not have guessed I that. never heard that. I thought that was a made-up name. I, like, I know, like, it is, but I, I get it. I, I, I lo- I, I, I've always loved Led Zeppelin, but this is the first time I, I read that quote. I was like, yeah, man. Works. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so like I said, it's considered one of the biggest rock bands in the world from 1970-1975. Uh, largely credited with paving the way for arena rock with their flamboyant outfits, lasers, and other set pieces. These were the guys oh. that were first coming out into the mist with like capes and weak. Love it. Have you ever seen Robert Plant? Do you know no. what he looks like? No. He is just that dude. I could could point to anyone and anything and be like, "You're coming home with me, though. and they would. Really? He was. So this just... is not a dreads Adam from no. This dude <laughs> was. Gross. Well, was he? I mean, facially, I don't know how attractive he is, but that dude's body was just chiseled by cocaine ah. and, and just he could have anyone he wanted. Oh yeah. There's, there's this yeah, one though. Yeah, yeah. See if you can find this other one where he, oh the V. The V. He's got, a, he's got a good V. Oh, he's got a V. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a V that D'Angelo might be jealous of. If I'm being honest. If I'm being honest. Okay. <laughs> uh, Plant uh, would often inject his interest for the occult into his music, drawing criticism for having subliminal satanic messages contained via backmasking. He was one. Of the, this is one of the first groups that people were playing backwards. It was like, my lord, sweet Satan, go to that tool shed, or whatever yep, the fuck. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a real one. That's a real one. It's like, oh, don't go to the tool shed, in, in one of the things. <laughs> they also drew criticism for some misogynistic lyrics. No, 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 no. That's the one. Yeah, he's a, he's a good looking man. I mean, there's no two ways about that. <laughs> Not anymore. You stop. He aged like milk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Old, an old image of him is not uh, nothing really flattering. Nothing gold can stay pony boy. You be nice. I, I don't know if that's true. Um, <laughs> Zeppelin was also. I'm not even gonna say accused. Zeppelin stole from black artists <laughs> big time. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. No. 
You mean the levees broke? Oh, <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, they stole hard. Uh, they stole from Muddy Waters, mm. Kansas Joe McCoy uh, with Memphis Mini, Blind Willie Johnson, Sleepy John Estes, and Old Hungry Dave. Mm-hmm. All blatantly lifted. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, only one of those names I made up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Old Hungry Dave isn't real. Uh but yeah, I I love I love Led Zeppelin. <laughs> uh, they were I had a I had a Zeppelin poster on my wall. Classic. I I had their entire discography on my iPad on, on my iPod back in the day. Do you have a T-shirt? That's how I know about Led Zeppelin. Is, I, I so many white guys have just I didn't have Led a T-shirt, t-shirt, but I did have a Zippo. Oh, I had I, yeah. had, I had a Zippo, Led Zeppelin Zippo, and a Led Zeppelin cigarette case. <laughs> you were really and okay. He never smoked a day in his life. Right, <laughs> right, never. Just had it, held it. I did all the slept tricks. with it. Actually, I did the I did the stupid Zippo tricks when I was like seventeen. You know, you got it. Where you squeeze it and it pops open mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, you just look like a giant Damn, douche. You're so cool. Yeah, I was trying. Mm-hmm. You Led Zeppelin. You had a Zippo. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. So yeah, we'll go into Black Dog. Yes to the classic intro. Here for it. We love it. We see it. We know it. Um, like we feel it. I was like, this is in commercials, sports events. This is this is everywhere. It's everywhere. I for some reason was like, is that a cowbell? There's like some weird sound that like it's. I think it's probably just the oh. symbol being hit. Yeah, but I was like, cowbell looking yeah. ass. What? I mean, uh, <laughs> that was like the thing back then, wasn't it? A little more cowbell. I would. I mean, it could have been a cowbell. I think it was. I think it was just part of the trumpet. It's probably just yeah. part of one of the symbols, like where you hit yeah. it. It just sounded so similar. And I was like, "That's kind of a weird sound to add to here." I wasn't against it. Uh, <laughs> I love that you started our episode with the quote that I pulled out immediately. Really? Yes. Which was, "I don't know, but I've been told a big-legged <laughs> woman ain't got no soul." I went back and said, "I didn't just hear that." Yeah, right? no, you absolutely did. Um, and I was like. Um, who, t- who told you that? It's a bold statement. <laughs> it's a really bold statement. It's it's not like, it's not saying I don't find big-legged women attractive. Yep. It's not saying stay away from big-legged women. Mm-hmm. It's straight up saying big-legged women <laughs> don't got no soul. Soul. They're not a person. It's, like, they don't have it. There's something other. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he, a big-legged woman had wronged him at some oh, point. Oh, for and sure. he took it. Hard. And he's like, I should have known if they told me. But, like, no one is actually walking around saying, and, you know, big-legged woman ain't got no soul. And when, and so when you know what they say. Did you ever describe someone's like, oh, yeah, she's got some big legs. <laughs> like, it, it, see, it seems strange to say big legs. Okay, but I, it does seem strange, but I think our generation now says, like, thick, thick. thighs, thick right? Thighs, like, yeah. you would say, I still wouldn't say someone has thick thighs. But we do say thick, right? Absolutely. And I think it comes from that kind of concept. But no, big, big leg. He didn't have, oh, she's big legs over there. That's, we're not going to say that. We're not going to say I guess he just didn't have the vocabulary of thick back in 1971. <laughs> he could have he been the first. He could have been T-H-I-C-C. Uh, <laughs> thick, baby. Saying he could have planted the seed. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so I like... His high pitched, almost screechy voice. Actually, like I just said, like I actually like it. That's 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 a that's a big rock. I know, I know. Um, and I don't listen to a lot of rock, obviously, because um, I hadn't listened to Led Zeppelin, so I think that says a lot. But like, I at first I was like, ooh, uh, mm, and I was like, okay, okay, I like it. He does a lot of cool things, and I think I've heard rock songs with 
distinct voices mm-hmm. in which I didn't like them. Okay. Like, I, so it doesn't always work, and I was like, Led Zeppelin, you're killing it. And I guess everyone probably copies you in a way and doesn't do it as well. I, okay. I was bored by the guitar solo, which Ooh. is, I think, a very hot take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very hot take. That, is, that doesn't happen very much in this album for me, but that was the one where I was, I, I found myself tuning out, so I took note of it. Mm. I tuned out of the Garth guitar solo and was like, oh, that wasn't working for me. That's kind of what we're, that's interesting because I think that's a big part of what we're here for when we put on a Led Zeppelin album. Is for that. Is for that, those, what are you going to, what are these guitars, these wilding guitars, how are they going to, what's, where are we going to go with this? So it's, it'd be like ordering a fried chicken sandwich being like, I don't, I'm not really here for the crispy skin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more here for the bun. Yeah. I'm I'm more with the bun, the tomato kind of guy. That's, I mean. Uh, But I will say there are guitar solos that do hit later for me. Yes. I'm not like a, "Mm, no. It was this one that I was like, oh, oh, okay. And well, it might be that I've heard some of it before. And like, yes. So it's like less new. This song didn't feel super new to me. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote down uh, big bad vocals and reverb when it comes in. Oh, yeah. so funny. Just a big sound. This song just has, a, mm-hmm. it feels big. It feels like it fills up the room. The lyric, watch your honey drip, can't keep away. This dude is horny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny. Like sometimes he... Kind of uses language like that with a wink and a nod, and other times he's just explicit. He's like, like "I'm yes, in me." I've got I've got a little theory on this. At the midway point, we get those like ah ah mm-hmm. ah ah. I think everything past this point, um, he has experienced what's known as post nut clarity. <laughs> I'm serious because the first part's like, "Oh baby, come on over here," mm-hmm. and then this next, then the next line is, "Spend my money, took my car." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, get, get, "Get out of here!" Um, and then he's calling, he's saying he's got, she's got no soul. True. And now he's looking for somebody who's going to tell him no lies and wow. make him a happy man. So I think, I think it's, I think the song is about seeing somebody you want to get with, mm-hmm. getting with them, and then being like, "Get out of here." I did not catch the uh, the mid song nut, uh, oh, I but I, I you're right. I think you're right. I think I might have cracked the code on Black Dog a little bit. <laughs> but I, oh, I should also add, I've never looked up the lyrics mm-hmm. to these songs before. I would just I heard right. them and I would sing along. So this is the first time I'm ever applying any sort of critical <laughs> thought or, or introspection to these. So you just know that. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's okay. So the listening style, right? Like I listen passively, yep. then I listen with the lyrics, and like try to listen passively again, right? So uh, listening passively, I was immediately like, "Oh, I don't need to really know what these words are Mm-mm. at all," Mm-mm. right? And like that, the voice <laughs> is an instrument. Yes, being and I'm super here for that concept. Absolutely. But then I did, you know, read the lyrics and see a big leg woman and got my soul, <laughs> and I was like. I, don't, I really think I'm not supposed to be reading these. <laughs> this is kind of how I felt about that. But yeah, that's what I've got on Black Dog. Uh, next, we've got Rock and Roll. <laughs> okay, baby! <laughs> you gotta look at your face. It's just like, come on. What I wrote was like, oh baby, that old time rock and roll. That is, that is where we are. Uh, we are we are in it. Uh, just banging on those drums, huh? <laughs> just, just going for it. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, but I like how he sings "lonely, lonely, 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 lonely." Mm-hmm. I I think I did the right amount. I think there's like six or seven of them, and I was like, I I like this guitar solo way more than the last mm-hmm. one. I okay. was here for this guitar solo, um, and then there's a minute when a moment where the drums like drop, 
mm-hmm. and then the, in the in the middle of the this like sick riff that like or like this thing the guitar is doing. Oh, that I was I would, I would listen to that on repeat like that moment and that that solo I was very here for. And this is the moment. So I listened to the first song, and in the second song, rock and roll is when I decided, oh, the vocals are just an accompaniment. Like I didn't pull out a lyric in this song, right? You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I was like, and that, and that's okay. But it's so also different after going through Counting Crows, where I was like, oh, you see what's yes, going on here yes. with all this depth. But I, from my understanding of like what this is just rock and roll, yeah. right? It's like, I, we know how to rock, and here's and, rocking, and, and I missed rocking, and here's the rocking. I agree 100%. <laughs> I don't think there's much depth to this at all. I said I said it's absolutely iconic. It's just rock and roll straight into the veins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting that he said it's been been a long time since he rock and rolled because no no it hasn't. Like this is his, <laughs> this is his fourth. So I'll tell you, I did look that up because I was confused. I was like, dude, you, what? This is four, and I'm assuming you you didn't take years in between each one. This isn't your comeback album. No. And so I, I looked that up, and I guess the talk or the, the theory is that people were saying Led Zeppelin three wasn't rock enough, and so now he's like, well, here's rock. That's okay. what I saw, but I don't get it because I don't care. <laughs> Which is weird because four is their seventh studio album. No, it's not. <laughs> I was like, it could be. Y'all be this weird stuff. I don't know. Okay. That's, I, I, so so that was that's what I saw. I don't know the truth because I haven't listened to Led. Three, right? I can't. Yeah. I can't conjure that. What the tracks on? Oh, it's because it's not rock and roll. It, it must not be. And so that, because I was like, what does he mean? He's going back to rock and roll. What? So there's that, and it felt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say, I did like the piano near the end. That yes. was fun. We love. I'm. I, I'm a, yeah, I'm here for uh, that. Three opens with immigrants. Oh, then he has. It, it has not been a long time since he rock and roll. Is immigrant song a rock and roll? Yeah, hell yeah. Right. Yeah, I knew that song. Uh, well, I thought that, you might. That, is, that, that, <laughs> that might have been one of the only ones you knew. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Did you see Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. Do you remember when or School of Rock or School of Rock? Yeah. <laughs> oh. School of Rock. Is yeah. Where it originated that in movies. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. So ironic. We should talk about this. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so very ironically, Led Zeppelin is very protective of their music. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They lift yeah. it hard and fast from the front. and then they don't take my stuff. Yes. Don't use me. No. That's exactly what happened. That's wow, exactly that, that. So Led Zeppelin, from my understanding here, is at its heart the whitest band you've shown me so far. Really? More than Counting Crows? I'm talking about uh, stealing, claiming it as your own, <laughs> <laughs> not letting other people have it, no. let them in. Well, very they, white. Very white of them. Well, they are English. <laughs> they are, yeah, oh, that's even funnier. That's yeah. what? Yeah, they're, they're, they're the heart of white. That's what they are. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the chaos gem. So this seems chaos. like the whitest so far. Of like, okay, if white okay. has a culture, it's that, and they've they're in it. Picking this, I knew <laughs> colonizer rock. Colonizer oh, rock. <laughs> I knew giving you this mm-hmm. was going to result in something like this. So <laughs> I, I, I willfully stepped into this. You have a good point. <laughs> Do you have anything else on rock and roll? Yeah, I um, I had a physical response. Thought it rocked hard. I just it felt unrelenting. Like it felt like it was going. Like it was a fucking freight train. Going oh, we down are chugging along yes. in this song. Which, like, if you want, great. It did it. Yeah. Uh, I w- okay. As a writer, mm-hmm. in in my, in my writing classes here, one of the things that we learned to talk about was like instead of going, like, did you like something or not? Mm-hmm. Like figuring out what was the choice, the like authorial choice, mm-hmm. and what was the effect, right? And did the choice get the effect that the author seemed to want? 
Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Rather than going, that was good or bad. And so I learned very early on, I was like, oh, you did that on purpose and you did that well. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> like, so this was definitely chugging along. That's not really, as we get to Lauren Hill, where we're not chugging along at all. Um, <laughs> right? We, it's like further from my vibe is this chugging along, oh, okay. rocking hard. Because I'm a soft boy. He's <laughs> so, <laughs> a nice boy. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting you say that because I've long had the belief. I feel like I feel like we're on the same same side of the coin here. Where when I talk about movies, I'm able to enjoy them for what they are, based on if they succeed in what they were trying to do. Yes. For example, like Scary Movie. Yeah. They succeeded at everything they were trying to do. <laughs> it was stupid as shit, but they oh, yeah. meant they meant to do it. And then when something misses the mark, like uh, the Adjustment Bureau. <laughs> do you remember that movie, The Adjustment Bureau, with Matt Damon? Where, where they had to, so it was just this high concept movie of these people who like were making sure life goes a certain way and they okay. were, and, they, and they would adjust things and they would adjust things as necessary <clears throat> to maintain the timeline. Oh, shit, we might be talking about Loki. Um, <laughs> but then, like Matt Damon realized, like if he if he knocked their hats off, they couldn't do anything. And it was <laughs> Is like, that what it was? Yes, you remember? Yeah. It's a dumb movie. So so it's two things that are stupid. One successful, one's not. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent on board with that thought. Because what I because I didn't necessarily love Led Zeppelin four, but I recognize that it's doing what it wanted to do. Like we are, it did it. We are on the same page. Yeah. Uh, let's do. Want to move on to the Battle of Evermore? <laughs> yeah. So we go to the Battle of Evermore. <laughs> I'm just imagining you knowing nothing about Led Zeppelin, not a thing. Sitting there, mm-hmm. hearing Black Dog rock and roll, and then being like, and then the trumpets blow. It was wild. <laughs> I actually, so like, I since I pull up the lyrics and I do, or whatever, or well, I was driving for my first passive listen, so I just played it, and I'm driving, and I had to make sure like an ad didn't pop up, or like that I didn't somehow get to something else. I was like, what the hell? Did, did my monthly Spotify? Right, like, is this, is this something different? I don't know. And no, it's them. They did this. And so I was like, Celtic? Am I at a Renaissance fair? Like, what? Is, yeah. What? And it, and it was doing it. It was doing it. Um, I'm I, for the people out there. I've never been to a Renaissance fair, but I'm not against it. Uh, I would. I think it would be fun. Ren fairs are very fun. There's there's a very famous Ren fair in Maryland. See, I highly recommend it. Let's go. I would love to go. <laughs> Shout out to the Elephant Girl. You were always hot as hell. Oh shit! We'll do a live recording from a Ren Fair sometime. Just swap to, uh... You have to give me like an album that's very. It'd probably be another Zeppelin album. <laughs> <laughs> another one, or, or, or a Zeppelin or... three, and uh, or River Dance. Oh, what is River Dance? Oh, oh my gosh! Is that never... from someone? Or um, is it, is that a person, or to, is that the to album? To be fair, to be fair, we are very white. Yes, yeah. So River Dance <laughs> was a weird phenomenon like the 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 mid to early 90s where everyone got into or it was a big push for irish step dancing and and michael flatley i can't believe i remember his name was this big famous irish step dancer and he would sell out arenas and stadiums that's okay doing these doing irish step dancing and it's when you love it yeah it's when you keep your are you familiar with it the, I, no. So you keep your upper body as still as possible. And oh, then, right. And then the legs, and just, your like, legs fling, just go right? nuts. I've seen The Luck of the Irish in, in the, the Disney movie. <laughs> oh, yes. That's how I know that. Yeah, man. It was big. And people wanted... People wanted... They, yeah. People would listen to this album. And I've had this weird theory. Are there vocals? N- no. Oh. 
usually there was like strings in the background. Right, right. So there's more happening. But look at him. Look at that confidence. Look at that swagger. He says, I'm killing this game right now. Ding, 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 ding. My question is, uh, which one came first, Irish step dancing or like uh, black people dancing? Uh, probably. Yeah, probably. it's black people dancing. Yeah. I know, I just want to say that because I wanted to acknowledge and again the whiteness. White people Have love get- orderly dancing. They lo- <laughs> I'm serious. They love they love they love the orderly dancing. Slide. I mean, back to back to square dancing. Yeah, back to, back to uh, country line dancing. White people love dancing when they are told what to do. Yeah, and they know they're doing it right. Even down to the cha cha, um, um, uh, the cha cha shuffle. What is it? No, cha cha slide, the cupid shuffle. Cha cha yeah. slide, cupid shuffle, electric, electric slide. slide. People love the electric slide. White people love an orderly <laughs> dance. Well, I, what was funny about that is I'm watching, you know, that video of him doing that Irish dancing, and I'm thinking about uh, Juneteenth was just recently, mm-hmm. right? And and I mean, probably a not for months years ago, but it was <laughs> from when you're hearing this. It was a few months ago, probably. But I was at a Juneteenth celebration with uh, our, our mutual buddy Ralph. Mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah, happened yeah. to be there. And we're watching a step team, right? And the step team mm. is, is, I don't know if you know what a step team is. I do know what a step team I'm is. I'm so proud of you. Um, <laughs> I mean, and, <laughs> that was a very white, happy movie. Step it up and shit. Okay. Oh, yeah. no. You're oh. thinking you're thinking something different. I know what real, I know what step is and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so a step team, uh, step is kind of a dance form in which you, a group of black people make rhythms with their body right it's it's harkens back to african dancing and a lot of chanting happens and a lot of like not rap but there's a lot of personality in it so there's some vocals right uh it's like i'll give it to him and then you would like right and you just slap around right and and then the whole group eventually joins or different sections do different rhythms and the whole bit is like you it's very rhythmic right uh and that's it that's all uh and it's really big with black fraternities Mm. and sororities they all step um and they all have their distinct style and like certain moves that they do and certain things and like tropes that they use and so that's all this that's what stepping is so Uh, it's a much cooler sounding cup song it's a, yeah, it's a much cooler sounding uh, whatever the Irish dancing thing is, yeah. right? Where like the legs are moving, you, you're you're making sounds. It's it's dope, yeah. And so that happens, mm-hmm. and we're we're watching it at this celebration. We're watching this uh, high school step team. So you know, shout out to them. They, they were doing it at, at a young age. And Ralph turns to me and he just goes, "There's no way black people didn't make music. <laughs> like, <laughs> like like we just made music. That's just us. I mean, <laughs> trace back far enough. I mean, didn't everybody start?" Right, so yeah. it makes sense, but yeah. it just is like this thing where he was like, "This is undeniable music in, yeah. in what we do here." Yeah, we Not have, to say white people don't have music, but you also did Irish river dancing, so <laughs> we have to use spoons to make music <laughs> <laughs> and washboards. And washboards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. We we had we we took what we got. We we, we okay. Hey, you guys, you've made some good music. Yeah, I liked Counting Crows. <laughs> hang my hat on that forever. <laughs> but no, I like, and that's the thing is, I I, I think so much of it. I don't. Hmm, I have a hard time believing white people made any music that wasn't influenced by black people. But that doesn't mean that you haven't made music that is good in your music, uh, as we see with the Battle of Evermore. <laughs> well, well uh, just, just just wait until we give you Kenny G. Oh yeah, give I've me. listened to Kenny oh. G. <laughs> Uh, which is another way of taking, you know, black music, make it white. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I thought I had something there. I, I was like, holy shit, who else is singing in this chorus? I don't, 
I don't know anything about this band. So I was like, what, what's happening here? I love the no, no, I, I, I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like the repeated high pitch. Oh, like the way he says some of the words. Love, love that. Here for <laughs> I love the way he said <laughs> the words. <laughs> That's it. Because I don't necessarily love the words. Uh, I'm not sure I get it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not sure that it matters that I do. I don't know. It, it was a story. I could, it, yes. I, and that is something I could give. We come right out of rock and roll, which is just like rock and roll, rock and roll, yeah, rock yeah. and roll. <laughs> <laughs> to this thing that is obviously a narrative. Do I get the narrative? Not for sure. I read the lyrics for a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> successful to an extent, but that doesn't mean you liked it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so to answer your question about who was also singing, that was a duet between Robert Plant and uh, Sandy Denny, oh. uh, lead singer of Fairport Convention, a British folk rock. Group. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know that. I thought cool because I, I was like, who is this? Is this another person? It is, a, band? It is another. I assumed it was just Jimmy Page or something because of his voice. Uh-huh. <laughs> we were singing. It wasn't a great example. So that was a feature, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got their stamp. Because I didn't know. Because I don't think it's credited anywhere on there. Right. Of, well, white people don't give credit, but <laughs> um, because I was, I was wondering because, like, with Fleetwood Mac, the first time I listened, I was like, "This is a new voice. Is this uh, a band? Is this part yeah. of the band, or yeah, is yeah. this a new person joining yeah. for this song?" That was like, which they also like. I don't know. It's hard. You guys don't credit people, so it's harder for me to know. So that was a feature that makes more sense because I was like, "Is there a woman in this band? Like, is that a or mean, whatever?" Or... You mean you didn't hear her yell, "Sandy" during the uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh One of the things I like artistically, I like how uh, the end of a line is like elongated, and then the other line comes under it. Yeah, I like that move a lot. That was, that cool. was I was really here for that. That is what I've got on the Battle of Evermore. Yeah, that Battle of Evermore. It's not something I'm ever gonna blast in my car. It's, it's not an Oxcore choice? It's not an Oxcore choice. I'm not even sure if it's a... I, it might be on this skit. You don't Fiesta Party that? I don't... Don't make that gesture me ever again. <laughs> um, I, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Taylor had his finger turned up and was moving it up and down. Um, Fiesta Party? That is, that is the Fiesta Party. <laughs> it's a mood... It's Okay, if I was in the proper state... And I was listening to this uh, album to listen to an album. I would absolutely listen to it. Would take me to another world. It's tr- it's it's it transports you. When we say it like that, there was there was a, <laughs> a moment where don't don't do drugs. Uh, but there was a time where I was on acid and I was going on a walk and I was in this path that I was like, this is Lord of the Rings ask. Now this song playing while that's happening would have blown my mind. So, would have been. Amazing. Yes. This would have been like, I want that moment again and again. It's the difference between listening to Lollipop in your shitty apartment at 2 p.m. <laughs> and Lollipop in the club in You're right. 2008. You're right. So there's, just, there's a time and a place for everything. Don't do drugs. Or do. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, you, you nailed it. This is Lord of the Rings. He is singing about Lord of the Rings. Full stop. Uh, as evidence when he mm. said, when mm. he mentions the Ring Wraiths, that is, and he will continue to sing about Lord of the Rings. I, that makes sense why I didn't get it. Yes, it is aggressively Lord of the Rings. I, I like the line, the Dark Lord rides in, the, in force tonight and waiting on the angels of Avalon. Like, it's, <laughs> it's nerdy as shit. This is nerdy. This is when he gets to come out and just be a total fucking dork. And people are loving this. Is that, like... Yeah. Okay. They're feeling... They are, everyone, I mean, Lord of the Rings is great. I give him that. So, I, like, I, I'm here for it. I just... I think by this point, they've already done some songs about Lord of the Rings. I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure 
there's at least two or three songs where they reference Gollum. I believe it's in Ramble On. Mm. And, oh, the Misty Mountain, what we'll get to. Misty right, Mountain's right. So then we know. Yeah. They, we, this is a little bit of a nerdy band. I mean, that's really all I have for Battle of Evermore. It's telling a story. It's transporting you to a place, that distant mandolin. You can kind of feel... That's what it is. A mandolin. Yeah, you can kind of feel there's an ominous nature. Oh, And yeah. they're looking for the eastern glow, which is like the sunrise. It's a journey. It's a journey. The journey is the... I feel journey when I hear this song. And it's speak, speaking of journey, do we want to move on to the next song? Stay right to heaven. I, I, gotta, I gotta pause here. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard this song before? I think I've heard think parts of it. Okay. Because there, there was a part or two that I was like, I think I've heard that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why or where. Because yeah. that's, this isn't the, it's in a commercial to me. No. Right, like that's not. But I do think that I had heard some of it, but I, I couldn't place it. Uh, so it really, it still felt pretty new to me. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like, oh yeah, I've heard that. And yes, I love this soft intro. <laughs> I was like, is that the finger picking guitar with flutes? Is that flutes? Like what? Like there were like some winds going yeah, on. Yeah, it's some sort of woodwind. I thought it might be a pan flute. But yeah, that's be, right. Or so maybe just a flute. I don't. Th- know. Some kind of fluty. Uh, <laughs> 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 Sorry, how did that go? <laughs> it's a little more of a. <laughs> <laughs> how many licks does it take? <laughs> I do that a lot. All right. So, um, I love that his voice is so tender. By far the most like tender in the album so far like it is and and i, I can't i couldn't think of another word besides tinder because it's not necessarily super soft like it, it's there's a something there's a quality hair too yes yeah oh i was like the background is going to make this song for me mm-hmm. that is i really like this song this is um i love a song that builds so we add more guitar chords then we add the drums yes the drums don't come in until the fourth Ooh, verse yep oh I liked verse five had uh, such a fun like rhythm or cadence. Uh, it, it was like your head is humming and it won't go in case you don't know. Like there's mm-hmm. like this scoop that mm-hmm. happens and then a little drum roll that happens. Like when it's saying, what is it? The Piper's calling you, mm. uh, right? There's like, I, I don't know. What happened in this album specifically is I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how I could write notes, uh, like my personal notes to remember how to describe music that uh-huh. was happening. I was like, how do I write down the drum roll yes. rhythm that it... Not great. I still don't think I figured it out. But that was like one of those moments. I liked verse five's rhythm and cadence a lot. I, I was like, this is a fucking head rocking to the guitar solo. And then the drums come in Ooh. and I wanted to write down how they did it and I couldn't. But it breaks up like the <laughs> repeating part. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Ah, fuck yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, this was by far my favorite song. The tempo is slow in the end, and the singing, uh, the single voice singing. What an epic song. Yes! Like, what an yes! epic song. Oh, I'm very glad you like that song. Because, I mean, this is widely considered one of the greatest rock songs ever written. Okay. Like, I okay. mean, if you're talking to anybody, this is going to be in the top five, top three, or number okay. one. I mean, you could confidently say that this is easily one of the greatest rock because songs I had, of all time. I, I had known the title, Stairway sure. to Heaven. Yeah. I knew that existed. I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard someone say that before. Uh, when talking about rock, but then they'd say it, and I'd immediately tune out because I don't uh, <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. Um, Isn't this also the uh, song that music stores have the don't yes don't play Stairway to Heaven on the guitars because everyone goes in and uh, yes. do, 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 do. yeah they that they're sick sense. of hearing it. <laughs> so I got I got lots of notes. Give it to me. Uh, I just literally the first notes give me physical chills. Like I get chill oh. bumps as soon as it comes in because I know where we're going. That single guitar that leads into the flute. It felt like I was being led into a forest by a satyr. Like, 
like, ooh, he's going to show me something. Like, yes. Mr. Tumnus is about to drop it down. This is the, again, this is the first time I've done a real close reading. There's a line that says, there's a sign on the wall, but she wants to be sure, because you know sometimes words have two meanings. And mm-hmm. the line before that was, when she gets there, she knows that the stores are all closed. So if she gets there and sees the stores are closed, but the words have two meanings, does it mean that she's close? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and I love the lead guitar coming in. And there's there's just a an epic nature to his voice when he says, there's a feeling I get when I look to the West. And I just, yeah. and the way he hits that plosive in the West, I'm like, yeah, where are we going? Fucking <laughs> onward. Oh, the line that intrigued me was, there's a line that sometimes all of our thoughts are misgiven. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have it. More than that, then I'm just intrigued. Yes. Yes. Like, oh. it, it, it is kind of all about, I'm going to give us a little bit of an out so we don't sound like stupid people. So Plant himself says, depending on what day it is, I interpret the song in a different way. Oh, wow. So, so there's lots, there's lots of meaning. I don't think there's one true, mm. but it's more about a feeling. Yeah. Than, which is captured than, for sure. Than decoding this. Yeah. And there's a line that says, whispered that soon, if we all call the tune, I like that it's some sort of like ancient secret <laughs> that if we all come together and whisper the tune, like things will be revealed. <laughs> fucking, And then the drums coming in. Mm-hmm. So this is a lyric I misheard. This is right when the drums come in and he goes, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen. And I was like, what's a hedgerow? Who's the May Queen? Yeah. So the hedgerow is just kind of like the outside of a garden where it's okay. like the bushes and the hedges. The May Queen is the personification of the May Day holiday. A young girl is okay. typically chosen to represent the May Queen at a celebration and adorned with flowers. It's kind of this... It's a spring, right? Spring, like, yeah. Like the, the essence of spring. So it's like, ooh, you might see the hedgerow moving. It's just the May Queen. <laughs> like she's visiting us. And I'm, I'm fucking here for it. Oh, I, I said, we've done it. We all called the tune. <laughs> we've all called we, we, the we, tune. We all called the tune. That's why the May Queen is in the hedgerow and it's bustling. Right. The humming in our head is the piper leading us to reason. Oh. Yeah, man. Dear lady, can you hear the wind blow? I thought the lady we're addressing at this point is the May Queen. Oh. At this point, I've developed... That this is we some sort of away. summoning ritual for the May Queen. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Right, and so do you hear the wind blow? Ooh, and then the guitar coming in sounds. <laughs> I got excited. I wrote the guitar coming in, screeching through the woods, <laughs> guiding us. <laughs> <laughs> and that lead up, I said it's almost too much. The drums, and when they come in with that, and as we along down the road. Ooh, and when it leads us off. Yeah, it, it ascends us you on know, a stairway to heaven. You know what I want here yes. in this moment? I want accompanying this this episode uh-huh. um, an animation that just goes <laughs> along with your description <laughs> of what you're saying here. So you know, we all see it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hope for that too. Please contact us if you'd like to do so, or just like, <laughs> but yeah, just do it. Just tag us. Yeah, it just <laughs> felt like. It felt like such a build-up and an ascension to heaven, one might say, and then bringing us back down mm. to where it all began at the beginning. Oh. Leaving us with just that single voice. Because oh. we come back to just being Ooh. little, right? Ooh. Like it's, We went there, we came back. Love it. It was a, it's by far the best song. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> Did you know about the, uh, the lawsuit with us? Uh, I knew a little bit. Yeah. So the band Spirit sued Led Zeppelin for... Stealing, God. supposedly, their opening riff of 
this which is beautiful. Song. It has been since been tossed out. Yeah. But apparently <laughs> Yeah. Leave my friends alone. <laughs> apparently they were sued for theft. That's is, so shocking. Yeah. Dang you white people. Do your own stuff. <laughs> you try. Uh, <laughs> uh Alright, so next we've got Misty Mountain Hop. Which sounds like a soda. <laughs> 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 like a Mountain Dew ripoff. Yeah, like it does. <laughs> this one is uh, one of the Lord of the Rings ones. Gotcha. One of my main questions are, where are the Misty Mountains? Uh, they it. are located <laughs> north of Eridor or Eridor. Oh, and you in, are gonna. And in the Great River of Anduin in Middle Earth. <laughs> I have a feeling you didn't pronounce those right. Uh, I, I have no room to speak. You've heard me do trivia. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> so they're going to be people who are mad at us. Eriador. Eriador. Mountains are located at Eriador and the Great River Anduin in Middle Earth. Right, right, right. I've been there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this this one was interesting. Musically, one of my least favorites. I really hated the multi-layered voices in like a minor tone. Like, mm-hmm. part of me was questioning, like, what is the artistic intention? I'm guessing it was kind of trippy, but I didn't like it. I want to be clear to you all, like, I try to like everything we listen to. There's something in this song that is interesting to me. Which is we have a first verse where the policeman is really nice. And that did not land for me either. Mm-hmm. I said, no. Again, whitest album you've given me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it takes a turn. After I read the lyrics and I, like, I sat with him and I like, was really trying to figure out what is he saying here. Is he saying he just high-fived the policeman and we got tea and his buddies are coming? Because that's messed up. It actually gets really critical, right? And it was kind of, we turned to the people who I'm going to pose as, like, non-oppressed. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, critically, like, look at, look at yourselves. Are you happy with who you are, right? Are, are you happy with what you see? And then walk down the street and open their eyes. So now it was, like, this idea of, like, you're not paying attention, uh, but you'll have to walk down the street and open your eyes. And I was like, mm. oh, I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. Of, like, oh, you're, Okay. So that first verse did not land for me because my experiences with the police are not that they want to have tea with me, right? But if the people who are listening to this song have always had positive interactions with the police, this actually lands really well, mm. right? So, mm. Jamie, um, <laughs> you're sitting there, you're like, the song is like, yo, I was at the park and the police came up and they were actually kind of nice, you know? <laughs> they were perfectly fine to Jamie. Always. Um, his family. And then... <laughs> And then, uh, but then the narrator, the singer is going, but look, are you happy with, cause there are problems, right? And you need to open your eyes. Maybe a reach, but that's where I was going. And I was like, I can go with it. So the song won me over later. Okay. Um, (laughs) so, uh, this song is about a legalized pot rally that was held in Hyde Park, London in 1968, where the police made mass arrests for possession. Gotcha. It, it was it was like a sit in to be like, hey, we're all gonna smoke pot. What are they gonna do? Arrest all of us? And they did. And they did. So <laughs> my interpretation, I, I think your your comments on open your eyes, take a look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you like what you see? I think those are valid. The ask us to tea and have some fun. I think was sarcastic, right? But it doesn't come across. It doesn't it doesn't land. land. And I think because it wasn't a violent thing, but what they most certainly did not do was ask them to tea. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. And I think sarcasm is probably there. 
but I have a white man singing about it, and right. I just go with it. Like that, yeah. I'm going to take that at face value. If I said it, it I, I think mm. it would land very clearly that they, we didn't have tea. Right. Right? I, I don't know, but I, it didn't land for me that way. But I also don't know Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. right? I don't know Robert Plant. And so if Robert Plant is known as being like hippie or rebellious in any way, then you would know that he's a rebel, and therefore he was being sarcastic. Right. It is inherent that I am a rebel because black people and the police don't get along. Right. But it's not inherent when I'm listening to him and I know that he's just a white guy who also smokes pot. Yes. Uh, which I did get. I was like, he's, he was high. Yes. Was like, and, or whatever. Taking it at face value without any knowledge of the group. Right. Which is what happened, right? So I didn't know. And I was like, this white guy is just singing about having an interaction with the police. Like, I was guessing they didn't have tea, but it was like, it was pleasant. And I was like, okay, get out of here. <laughs> get out of my face. Yeah. That is, I was like, fuck off. This is definitely how I felt about that. <laughs> So get out of here. The only reference is, you know, so I'm packing my bags from the Misty Mountains. You can like this song, you can not like this song. <laughs> I don't really have any strong feelings about it. It's fine. Yeah, that's, I think, how I feel about that. Um, I wish that the other voices weren't in the song. That made me very <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, but, like, I... Whatever. <laughs> and I do think it was fun to critically look at this song and figure out what I think it might be saying. Yeah. Because this one had some of the most narrative that was somewhat accessible because I'm not getting the Battle of Evermore. No. Right? Because I just don't know any of those references. But like this was close to a narrative so I got excited and liked the idea that I could try to analyze this. This still felt more accessible mm-hmm. to me. Lyrically I would say. Okay. Uh, than some of the other songs like Rock and Roll and we're just rocking and we're rolling and I'm Mr. Rock and Roll. <laughs> um, so I will say that. Uh, so next we've got Four sticks. Again, I wrote really just chugging along. <laughs> uh, I like that, that that premise of it. I love how he holds the eye, and I don't think I could hold out long. I like the way he says things throughout this whole album. That, and I, I feel like that's the equivalent of when I say, <laughs> I like the rapping. Yes, it is, I think. I think it is the same. I like the way he says things. I like things. the way he says things. There we go. We've got our shirts. I like the rapping. I like the rapping. <laughs> I like the way he says <laughs> things. That is really good. This happens, but it's like, it gets brighter. This is, that's Mm -hmm. a phrasing that I use later in the album too. Not sure that's the right word, but in the middle, like we get these higher notes and on the guitar and like these crash cymbals and like it opens up. Mm. Yes. Uh, And that, that I I like, I wanted to know there is a sound that I don't know what the instrument is that's making that sound. I was like, it's not a synth. Is it just a funky guitar? Like, is it like, it's like, oh, it might be a uh, theremin. I don't know what that is at all. Oh, uh, Creepy. Uh, uh, it's it's all based on distance. It's an electronic instrument where it has like a a single pole going up, and it's reading your hand distance from the pole. Oh. It's very like, it, yeah, it, yeah. It looks like you're doing magic when you're playing. Yeah, it's big and nerd, well, that's cool. Nerd yeah. Shit. yeah. So I I heard a new sound. Listening to Led Zeppelin, I didn't know what, and maybe I've heard it before, but this is the first time I was like, I couldn't name that instrument. I couldn't tell you what that is, which is cool. And even if it is a guitar that they, you know, do whatever, whatever, it's a cool thought that there was a new sound introduced, yeah, like to, to my life. But this was my least favorite. Yeah. Oh. I <laughs> um. Yeah. Four sticks. Uh, I I just wrote that it has like a nice heavy bass and drums. Mm-hmm. I like the shift in the music before the 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 line when the owls cry. Yep. So, fun fact, John Bonham played this song, the drummer played this song with two sticks in each hand, hence four sticks. Four sticks. So, it's, it, he only played this twice. Yeah. 
to get this on the album because they said it was so physically demanding for the for the drummer, oh. and they only ever performed this once live. Really? Because it's just such a... Because he's chugging. I didn't hear the complexity in the drums, honestly. Right, no. So I'm not sure if it was worth the effort, Mr. Bottom. Uh, <laughs> but also, I'm guessing this is also groundbreaking, right? Like, I, like, sure. I don't like how many people are doing this, because I think I've seen that now. But I'm my guess is that he does it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I mean... Also not a drummer. Neither, neither of us are. Nope. So I think that's key to note here. Also... Awful. Right, like that sounds painful yeah. for like the impact on and your. I don't fingers. know. I don't know if he like, was going, you know, out from you know horizontal. No, it was probably in between fingers. In between it fingers. was probably. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, I mean, still, that's difficult to do. That sounds bad. And Paige reported that the song was experimental and meant to be abstract. So if he didn't, okay, get it, makes or, sense. Or yeah, it just kind of wasn't meant to be. Got those are big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like Wolverine. Like, that's a really shitty X twenty three. <laughs> yeah, I got these. Oh man, my fingers already hurt. Maybe it's like yeah. yeah we're trying to. Oh, oh my god. god, we're trying to determine. <laughs> if, uh, I got two drumsticks here. Yeah, uh, trying to put them in in between my fingers. We're trying to figure out if it was Wolverine style or Darth Maul style. That's oh, the best, you're right. That's the best way I can. No, that seems impossible. <laughs> it definitely was not Darth Maul style. There's no way. That's it. But I feel like that seems yeah. so painful. Putting the drumstick between your yeah. ring and your yeah. pinky. Whenever you hit, the vibrations are getting Oh, buddy. Yeah. It's got to be in between your pointer finger, your middle, and your ring. Right? Oh, or it could be it could be gripped in your, in your palm and then one in the finger. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's probably it. And you can reach a symbol that way. It's probably what he's doing, right? Like he's hitting. Great. Anyway. <laughs> Sign these sticks, Taylor. Uh, those are signed by the uh, the band Makeout. Oh. Uh, who half of those names are no longer on the band. Interesting. In the band. I think Four Sticks would be incredible to be seen played by uh, Rick Allen. Oh, from Def Leppard. Terrible Def Leppard man. Drummer. Yes. <laughs> You're probably going to get some Def Leppard at some point. Yeah. Oh, that sounds, that sounds intense to me. All right, so next we've got Going to California. So soft and cute after four sticks. Yeah. <laughs> what I wrote. Oh, like, it's so cute. I feel like I've heard covers of this song. Oh, maybe. I feel like this is a song that I've heard small name bands that I've heard. Hmm. I, I haven't gone to a lot of concerts. I'll be I'll be honest here. <laughs> but the concerts I have had, they have been cheap, small concerts that a white woman has asked me to go to. And so <laughs> so I just feel like I've heard this song in that space in a band that I don't know nor will remember, right? But like they've played a cover of this to fill out their set. Sure. I don't know if that's normal, true, real, legal. I don't know any of that stuff. <laughs> but that's that's how I felt. I was like, I think I've heard this and it not be in this voice. So there's that. I like how he draws out in her hair. Her <laughs> <Yeah>. hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. I liked the line, wondered how tomorrow could ever follow today. Ooh, yeah. That's a good line. Yeah. Uh, I think that sentiment is really interesting. Like, I I loved the structure of that lyric. That was, I think, maybe my favorite lyric. Mm. Um, besides Big Leg. <laughs> Big Leg. <laughs> Woman ain't got no soul. It's just pretty, especially yeah. with the guitar in the end. Yeah. I, I liked it. I wrote, it's a simple, intimate, subdued song on, on an otherwise uh, fairly big sounding album yeah it seemed intimate like a balance and it, I, I wrote Robert Plant may have some issues with women <laughs> <laughs> no it, it's very much leaving one in search of another yeah because he, he's talking about she smoked all my stuff she's unkind I gotta find a woman out there with love in her heart and flowers in her hair he says this line trying to find a woman that's never 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 been born 
That one confused me. And I, was, I, I assumed it was a dream, right? Like the idea of like, oh, I, like, like okay. I, like saying, name your, name your perfect woman, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Anyway, that doesn't exist. Right. Is like kind of the premise I got. I like that better than, <laughs> I like that better than not my thought. I thought that line itself was kind of admitting his own issues with women. Oh. Where he's, he has to like confront that this ideal woman he's got in his mind doesn't exist. She's never been born. Right. And his standards are too high. Maybe give the big-legged woman another chance, yeah. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of dehumanizing Jeez. Her. Yeah. Okay, so do we know... Is this about... Does he end up with someone? I don't think so. Oh, poor guy. I I don't know for a fact if he... I mean, he was married. hot, so he's been with plenty of people. I, I think he's... He's also rock and roll. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. I liked trying to tell myself it's not as hard as it seems. It seemed like he was trying to convince himself to believe in something. You know, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can find this woman. It's not as hard as it seems. Mm. Uh, but that's all I have. Solid song. Yeah. I wouldn't skip it. Right. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Now we have When the Levy Breaks. You got, you got their little stank on that. Yeah, uh, my last night, like, I listened to the whole song passively, then I listened to the lyrics, and, like, my last and final note is, like, this feels a lot like a white person's take on a black song. It's exactly what it is. And now that we've talked about it, he just took a black song. It's exactly. Because it seemed out of place. Like, I, like, it's good. I like the song. (laughs) Right? Which says a lot, too. But this doesn't make sense to me. It wasn't. We have When the Levee Breaks, which to me feels so black. And we also had the Battle of Evermore. So, like, I just, it just, I was like, this isn't real. Like, wait, like, you don't have this range. You're lying to me. But let's be clear. Way more bluesy. Yes. I yes. love it. Love me some blues. A harmonica? Yeah. Give me that. Put it in there. Give me more. I, I love the moment that it goes bright and, like, opens up and then comes back down. I love that. I like the moment the guitar is all on its own right before the bridge. The voice effect after the instrumental break mm-hmm. makes him sound like he's underwater. Which oh, perfect! Ooh, I it never got that. Because it's like I was like, "What happened?" It was like this is it weird. Does. It's like, and it's because he's, I, I was like, "He's drowning!" Like he's underwater. The levee's ah, freaking out, and and I was here for that. I was like, "That's a really cool added effect." Like oh, that was that wow. was a cool intentional choice, whether Ooh. it was or not. I feel like it was, and it was it really landed for me. Wow. Um, but wow, <laughs> you've blown my mind. I fucking yeah. love it. Because it, it gives this instrumental break, which I'm assuming the levee breaks, and then boom, he's underwater and he's still singing, right? Buddy, but, let's go. So I like this song a lot because it's black. It was written by Memphis Minnie, uh-huh. who he did credit on the album. Oh! Okay, this makes more sense. So we're... Just like, the... what does he say? Like, this isn't his story. This is not his life. It is this not. Is... Uh, so it is about the Great Mississippi Flood from 1927, which killed hundreds and displaced thousands. Goodness. Uh, is that worse than Hurricane Katrina? It was... Like, I'm... Uh, I, I, did look, I don't have the... Because that's immediately where I go... It's context right. and contemporary, sure. right? Is Levy's break. It's mm-hmm. that. that is New Orleans. Like, that's... Yeah. I think that the Spike Lee documentary about Katrina, I think it's called When, when the Levee Breaks. Yes, yes, and that's that's also that connection. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. I love this song. Comes in with that hard drum beat right at the beginning. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That harmonica comes buzzing in. Uh, the lyrics are largely unchanged from the original song. Oh, surprise. Uh, but Page and Plant defended their interpretation by changing the music in its entirety. The lyrics are the same. The song does not sound the same. Oh, so, so I mean, it's because it's a white take on a black song. It's yes, is exactly how I described right. it, and I am right. You are correct. <laughs> I liked the ominous feeling; it felt like impending doom. 
powerlessness and that steady hard drum beat, I thought that might possibly be imitating like the rain. Like the oh. rain possibly beating down. Yeah. Nice. This is a good song. I love that song. It's a good song. I just have mixed feelings internally about yes. the song. Yeah. So that's that's Zeppelin four. I, I, a more positive response than I was anticipating. Yeah, I, so I didn't hate the album. It is my least favorite out of the, like, the few that we've listened to mm-hmm. already. But they were, like I actively really liked Stairway to Heaven, right? Like, there's still a song, uh, if not, like, I liked Going to California was cute, right? Like, there are songs that I still liked. And so I, and, like, Black Dog was, it was rock and roll. Like, it was. So, like, I, I'm like, yeah, okay, rock and roll. I wouldn't play the album again. Mm-hmm. I might pull up Stairway to Heaven at some point. Hell yeah. Like, just again. Just the, I think you definitely should in the proper state. Uh, <laughs> yes. But it, over, overall, I, I can see it. You get yeah. it. That's the, that's the key there. I can see it. It's a good for them, not for me situation. Where, like, I can see what they did, like, the choices they made, how they were killing the game and the mm-hmm. way that they were. I still want to play that game. It's completely <laughs> fine. To answer your question about if H was married. Robert Plant. Yes, thank you. But yes, he was married. He has not been married since either of you have been born. Any of us have been born. <laughs> uh, he was married in 1968 to a Maureen Wilson. Oh, Maureen. Divorced in 83. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sorry he's lasted that long. So he's been single since 83. Oh, uh, there's absolutely no uh, way he was faithful. In the 70s? <laughs> there's no way. Sorry, Maureen. Well, it was probably open. Like, it might have been. Yeah, yeah. You said faithful, but like, it might have just been agreed sure. upon openness I for being hippies, right? He does have four children. Oh. That he knows of. Yeah. He's got more. <laughs> we need to find him, put them all together, and make the greatest rock band of all time. <laughs> Do it. Call it the garden. Ooh, yeah. He's talking. Let's find it. One of the kids has to be named May Queen. That's what I know. Uh, I May, love May it. Queen. <laughs> Ooh. So three of those children are from this marriage. Oh, wow. Uh, one is a Carmen Jane. Oh. Oh. Carmen Jane later married Plant's bass player. Ayo. Gross. Uh, his daughter married his bass player. Um, and he has sons. You're going to love this. One of his sons' name is uh, Carrick. Pendragon. Fuck yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> he would name it. There's no way that dude Pendragon. doesn't walk around without a cloak. 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't anymore because he's dead. Oh. Carrot oh, uh, died of a stomach illness. Oh. Uh, the song All of My Love, All my <gasps> yes! love is Aww. about Yeah, I know that song. It's All a tribute to his son, Carrot Pendragon. Oh, man. Uh, his other son is named Logan Romero, okay. which is not nearly as cool. Right, uh, yes, like, like, I'm sad for Eric Pendragon. Uh, Pendragon. Oh, and then, oh shit, Robert and Shirley Wilson, the sister Let's go. of his ex-wife Maureen? Maureen, had a son. Bold. Together. Oh buddy, oh, oh buddy. So the family affair. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we good for you, Robert. Yeah. Live that life. I like that a lot. Call me Pen Dragon from now on. Not, not, not Rain King. <laughs> I'm a motherfucking Rain King. <laughs> Hey there, Editor Taylor here. 
I just wanted to take a second to step across the tracks and put my producer hat on here. In the future, this segment will be covered by our sad boys, Caleb and Jamie. But since we've recorded in mass to start out, you get me today. <laughs> I wanted to thank you all for listening to episode four of The Other Side of the Tracks. Uh, and I also wanted to thank the Melker Project for the use of their arrangements, Never Going Down Again. Check them out for more great arrangements. I also wanted to discuss our sponsors for today's episode. If you want to sponsor an episode of The Other Side of the Tracks, hit us up at othersideofthetrackscast at gmail.com, and we can set something up. If you'd like to assist us in keeping the lights on over at SadBoyHQ, you can do so with our Patreon at patreon.com slash othersideofthetracks. Your support means the world to us. Our sponsors today are our very own sad boy, Caleb the Negro Artist Rainey, who has two books of poetry out, as well as a spoken word album of his first book, Look, Black Boy. You can scope that out at thenegroartist.com and snag yourself some of his great work. Our other sponsor today is me. My podcast, The Tantalus Tales, a D&D real play, have a listen, and thank you again for tuning in to The Other Side of the Tracks. Hello, my name is Taylor. I'm the DM and lore master of the Tantalus Tales, a real-play D&D podcast following the misadventures of three unlikely heroes across the universe. So, who wants to save the world? Am I getting paid for this? Uh, shut up, Bakar, yes. Well, I'd say that if, if the world is gone, we probably won't get paid. Can I give it to my god? I, I mean, ideally, no. Alright, so are we just going to solve this in our usual method, you guys? So, you guys try to sneak, and when you get caught, I kill them? More or less. Let's just drench the flagstones in blood like we normally do. Do we want to do help me? I'm okay with the quest that I'm currently on. I'm not here to save the world. The car? I swear to god. <laughs> any god. You're going to get it. Join us for more misadventures on The Tantalus Tales, wherever you find podcasts. Alright, so, <clears throat> now we've got The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yes. Uh, I like this album a lot. <laughs> I like this album a lot. Yeah. One of the most surprising things about it that I was not prepared for. I'm assuming you're very familiar with this album. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if you're going to agree or be surprised, but this album is aggressively Christian. Mm -hmm. It's an aggressively Christian yeah. album that I was like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, this is so, and dare I say, conservative. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. So we'll get into, let's, let's, get, let's get into it. Well, give, give me some details, uh, yeah. history here. Uh, so Lauren Hill was born May 26, 1975 in Newark, New Jersey. She was raised in a musically oriented family. Her mom played piano, dad sang, and stated that she was constantly surrounded by music. Influences of hers include Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder, Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, among many others. Mm -hmm. She started her singing career in middle school when she sang the Star Spangled Banner for her middle school class. Come through. A recording was made Are you serious? Of, of that first performance, and the recording was played at that middle school for like ever since. I'm, I'm not sure if they still do it. Right, but I get you, like for a long time. But that was, everyone recognized that as like, oh my god, this is so damn good, let's just keep the Lauren Hill. <laughs> why, why would we make great. anyone else do yeah. this? It's just if you're watching and you know if they're still playing, let us know. Yes, please. Yeah, please. Yeah. 
in high school, she achieved academically and was regarded as a leader of the student body, stating that she was, quote, driven to achieve, period. Mm. So achievement is going to come up again and again for her personally. Mm. Prak Israel Praz Michael approached Hill about forming a group known as the Translator Crew. Michael's cousin, Wyclef Jean, joined as they performed at local showcases and talent shows. Hill began rapping and stated she learned from listening to Ice Cube as opposed to the more popular, for women, salt and Pepper at the time. She liked, ah. she liked Ice Cube style and wanted to imitate that, I hear that and have that influence. They would later rename the translator crew to the Fugees, mm-hmm. which is a derivative of refugees and a derogatory term for Haitian Americans. Mm. Oh. And growing up in Jersey, that has the fourth largest concentration of Haitian refugees. So this was probably something, the word Fugees is probably something she heard a lot and was maybe trying to reclaim Holy in a way. I didn't know that, like, that part. That's like claiming... The reclaiming of names happens very often. Uh, by taking it back. She's taking it back, <laughs> and she did. <laughs> uh, Fuji signed to Columbia in 93 and released their first album in 94, which reached number 62 on the billboards, but was still regarded as a flop. Didn't make They didn't make him too much money. Hmm. 96 saw their second album, The Score, reach number one and stayed in the top ten for six months. Hmm. This brings me to... I'm not sure if you had heard this. I remember in fifth grade uh-huh. being told that Lauren Hill had been heard saying that she would rather her family starve to death than have white people buy her I had never heard that. I remember hearing it in fucking fifth grade. That's wild. And until, I'll be just real honest, it's kind of informed my opinion of her. Interesting. And I found out that it was complete and total bullshit. Right, because I've I've heard the interview, but like that's not a thing that I'd ever... So what I could trace it back to, apparently there was a call to Howard Stern where somebody said, I saw her on MTV saying it. On MTV, which means that we should be able to find that. Exactly. Right? There's no record It's of not, it. I saw her at a live show. Exactly. Okay. So, somebody called into Howard Stern, said he had heard that, and this is 1996, mind you. Yeah. Said he heard that, and then, I don't know, maybe a week or two later, Howard Stern had Lauren Hill on his show. Oh, yeah. And that interview is uncomfortable. Oh, 1996 was a completely wild time. It was so, that interview is Bad. Yes. So this inter- anyway, the yeah. interview in question, uh, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, Stern, it's going to be in the show notes. We got it saved. Yeah. Howard's turn is trying to be like, oh, if you like white people so much, why don't you sleep with me? Why don't you sleep with me, Laura? And that'll he set the record straight. Like, Let's have sex. Yes. Have sex with me. Have sex with me. It was like a demand. Aggressive. It was. Ugh. And she. So also she. Howard Stern. Right. <laughs> but so at the t- it was the first shock jockey. I'm sure you've heard the term before. No. So that was his thing. Was have sex with me? Was being as outrageous, as crude, as shocking as possible. Gotcha. And now I understand that. That's how he got legions of fans. But that... Deeply, deeply problematic. Deeply, deeply problematic. So she responded to the claims that are complete bullshit. One of the quotes was, How can I possibly be racist? My music is universal. I believe in God. And if I believe in God, I love all of his creations. So this... Rumor is just complete bullshit, but if it got in somebody's head the same way it got in mine, yep, that's harmful, and yeah. that's something I had to confront. Like, why did I just take that? I, I can't even remember who said it to me. I'm not going to say her name, but because she was a fifth grade girl at the time, too. I mean, that's kind of something I had to sit with a little bit and think about how that 
even though it was complete bullshit, I never did any research into it. I just took it at face value. Yep. I was like, oh, I guess I just... I mean, not that I think even if I hadn't heard that, that I necessarily would have right. sought out that album, but it definitely made me not want to. Well, and we do that with a lot of celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. So this isn't necessarily racial, right? But like, it is. It's just a face value. You learn, oh, that, that person does that. I don't want to be associated with that or forget them. And that is... What's interesting to me is that you have the like actual experience of that being a thing that you heard. Yeah. Because that means it spread. It means it worked. It did spread. It's, right? It Which, reached, you know, yeah. People will talk about conspiracy of like, you just don't want people of color to succeed, so you make up room. Right. We, we don't want celebrities in general, so we come up with things that are bad, and then it sells, so it was probably in a magazine somewhere that said that she said that because someone said that they said that on MTV. And that's how it goes. I think it's wild that it was on MTV internet doesn't work the same way as it did back then because if it was on mtv you would just find it on mtv right like you would just have the clip you know how many show like scenes of an episode i want to know i can just find it on the internet easy but the fact that it reached you is wild and that it's not true so what you're saying is you should think critically (laughs) yes you should definitely think critically about About certain theories on certain things but i could see why that would put you off to her and her work right down in fifth grade, I know, like, yeah. you're supposed to not say things like that. And if yeah. you're saying things like that, that I don't want any part of. But it was complete bullshit, and I, I fell victim to it. Yeah. The Miseducation uh, of Lauren Hill was made through Tough Gong Studios in Jamaica, and the title was inspired by Carter G. Woodson's work, The Miseducation of the Negro, from 1933. The thesis of which is that black Americans were being culturally indoctrinated rather than taught in schools. This conditioning causes black Americans to become dependent and seek inferior places in the greater society that they're a part of. Mm. Mm. Heavy shit. Put that bang with it. Yeah. (laughs) This is is 1933. This is like 90 years ago at this Mm -hmm. point. The album features D'Angelo, Santana, Mary J. Blige, and the then unknown John Legend. Yeah. Hill Hill stated her album has the integrity of reggae, the feel of hip-hop, with the instrumentation of classical soul. Mm. Released in 98 to rave reviews from fans, critics, and contemporaries, she was the first woman to be nominated in 10 categories in a single year at the Grammys. Come through. And broke another record by winning five in one night. Album of the year, best R&B album, best song, best female vocalist, and best new artist. She's also cited as a major influence by damn near every female artist solo since. Mm-hmm. Mind you, she did all that when she was 22. <laughs> she was 22 when she made this album. She's made to achieve. 22. Impressive. Feel, Jamie? Inferior. <laughs> I don't want to say you are. I, but I will uh, say I am. You are. Like, <laughs> so we start with the intro, and I think this is where we get our skit work. Yeah. And I loved it. You love it? I loved it. Because you, were, you were not in love with Kanye West skits. No. But you, you love this skit or the skit throughout the skits throughout the whole? I, I liked each time it came up. Ooh. I liked the content in each one because everyone, I was getting genuine laughs and reactions yeah. from the raw nature of the recording of the children. Gotcha. So it was very honest, it was real yes. and raw. And I think I also, uh, for the record, Lauren Hill approached an elementary school teacher she knew to do these interludes. Mm-hmm. And it was recorded in Newark, New Jersey. And it's basically this loose forum that this teacher is conducting with these kids, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, about love. What love yeah. means to them. Their, their raw feelings about love. 
and the teacher was Roz Baraka, who would later become mayor of Whoa, New Jersey. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 and I think I responded to it in a way because I've taught, I, I used to teach improv at this inner city after school program in Baltimore and there is a unique feeling to an all black classroom that does, <laughs> that does not exist the way they laugh together mm-hmm. the way they pull back there's a distinct energy to black children that's just different than, than white children and, I, and it felt honest and yeah. I, I guess I responded to that personally because I Ooh. liked hearing those laughs I liked hearing the thoughts. I liked when kids would get kind of serious mm-hmm. and thoughtful, and, and someone would come in with a and, rope and, and cut them off at the legs, and they, and then everyone's laughing. I, it just reminded me of that so much. And what I think is interesting about this skit work, right? So we have an album that's called The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, mm-hmm. and then our skits are all in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And then I love this background that you shared of like Lauren Hill was really good at school. Yes. Right? So there's something really interesting about how school plays, and also The Miseducation of Lauren Hill being a reference to the miseducation of uh, the Negroes, yeah. us, and this idea of, of school not being teaching but indoctrinating. And so, like, there's a lot working mm-hmm. with just this simple theme that I think is really cool. I'm happy that you like this skit. Yes, I, I thought it was most effective. So the so first far. skit is just, like, roll call, really. Yeah. Uh, and Lauren Hill's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that. Yeah, so then we move on to Lost Ones. That We had some heavy, distorted electric beats with the record scratches and the mm-hmm. vocals coming in. One of the first quotes I pulled out was, funny how money changes the situation. <laughs> <laughs> There's also this theme of repeating the last word. Yeah, every line, either it's mm. her coming in, saying the mm. last word again, and she rhymes 12 times with the same sound. So Ooh-hoo! it's son, done, Kingston, run, gun, son, emancipation, don't fit your equation. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's this... I don't know how to describe it, but it's this build up and drop. Like you're not expecting anything but that last word to rhyme. Yeah. So it's it's this light toss vocal back and forth where you mm-hmm. know you're gonna get to boom, and it feels yeah. good. Reward yeah. like ah yeah. yeah yes. So you like the rapping? Uh, I, <laughs> no, not yet. I'm not sure if I write that in this album. Actually, I hear you. To, yeah, to be honest, I, I am with you. But you you know what I'm saying about yeah. about how she's playing vocally is very unique, uh, and especially keeping that rhyme scheme. This is interesting. I like the line, wisdom better than silver and gold. Mm-hmm. And this is going to come up over and over again because this is so Christian. This is such a Christian <laughs> album. When she references karma, she says, karma, 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 going to come back to you. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of the Boy George song, Karma Chameleon? Oh, yes, I can hear it. I can hear it in my karma, head. Karma, yeah. karma, <laughs> karma, karma, chameleon. This is also something that's going to come up <laughs> mm-hmm. over and over again. She drops these little nuggets of past songs into, into her songs. It, it's a wink and a nod. Yeah. I didn't catch that. It's definitely a reference to Boy George. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And it's also, I mean, it makes sense her having grown up in a musical home, yep. right? She's like, I know music. Absolutely. This whole thing seems aimed at a man. That oh, she's the one that he lost. Mm-hmm. And even calls him a bum at the end. <laughs> yeah, so this was, this was a little light intro into what we're going to be going through. I think the, the refrain uh, rhythm is like nice and catchy, mm-hmm. which is like a thing throughout the album I would say it's like there are some moments that just are catchy like just move and like you feel it I thought so this song wasn't like a great example of her her vocals but I thought we got a little bit of near the near the last refrain yeah you mentioned the the the, the extra sounds that were happening and I really like those mm-hmm. uh, and then at the end of this we do have a skit yes yes which is just like asking about songs about love mm-hmm. right there's no song called love <laughs> yeah it's Kirk Frank so that we've got that moment again, uh, that's light, but that's also like kind of telling you this skit's going to happen more mm-hmm. and more through this piece, right? Kind of makes it clear 
we are in this classroom uh, for the album. I think that's cool. Uh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, we're, so we're definitely... Because first we do the attendance, which is a similar to Kanye Kanye West's beginning of like, where are you at? You know, or whatever. This is now, but hey, we're in this class and we're going to talk to these kids. I didn't think... It's, it's so interesting. I didn't think about the listener being in the classroom. Yep. I thought, I thought of it as listening in. So it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting how... You saw yourself in there. Well, because there's a conversation. Yeah. Like, what what songs are about love when we just listen to a song about losing someone, losing right? Someone. And, like, there's this interesting thing where this whole album is in conversation with these skits. Mm. Which I think is really cool. Next, we have X Factor. You got the chimes and almost sound like birds. And a, yes. simple, and a simple piano. Then I liked how it cuts in with that hip-hop beat. Mm-hmm. I don't. I say hip-hop beat over and over again, so I don't know how to better <laughs> describe it. Like, I don't know. I I wish people could see your face when you're just like truly like I don't know. Like, I'm I, trying, I, but like it's hip hop. It's hip hop. So this is very much about losing someone she does not want. The quote I pulled out forces you to scream my name, and then you pretend that you can't stay. Mm-hmm. And this this line that's that's not Durrett's level pathetic, but approaching is who do I have to be? Like, yeah. oh, she just wants yeah. this. So, like, tell me anything. What can I do? Her claws are dug in. She does not want this, and it is painful. Mm. I said, oof, she is hung up. Yeah, just, yes. Try to walk away, and then you hurt yourself to make me stay. Mm-hmm. It's just this tempestuous, painful, painful disillusion of a relationship. When she says, no one's hurt me more than you, and no one ever will. Yeah. It, feel, oh. it feels honest it feels real uh, and then at the end when she's saying care for me be there for me and it's repeated over and over yeah. i feel like that's important it's a beg it's a plead it's a it's a her not being able to imagine yeah what her life would be like if he doesn't care for her if he's not there for her. it's so impossible for her to imagine and then musically I said it's lots of layered vocals and mm-hmm. cosines, and it just feels musically rich. Yes, that's a great. It feels like a complete. It yeah. sounds completely unique with with all these different instruments and vocal. Well, wait, wait a minute. It doesn't sound anything else. Like you don't think she stole this song <laughs> from someone else? No, no. <laughs> I think she. I think she was like she used all of her influences: right. the reggae, the hip hop, the classical soul to make this musical dish if yeah. you were to, to make it something that is uh, it's a remix but it's completely unique oh yeah I screamed at the guitar at the end I literally really? I was like ooh yeah yes. so it was a pain it was a painful song mm-hmm. but a great song oh yeah and I think I, I, I really love things like the you mentioned it the wind chimes right mm-hmm. like these interesting musical elements that aren't typical for hip hop right and so we've got to acknowledge that because in all of these songs, she is rapping, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she is rapping. Very much hip-hop. But at the same time, like, niggas aren't playing with wind chimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not. Like, but she is. It's in this song. That's and it's shirt. It had to say pretzels. Right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was kidding. <sighs> so, so like, there's something about Lauren Hill that I love in which it's like, we acknowledge how hip-hop this is and yet how influenced by other types of music it also is Mm -hmm. right and there's so much respect and love there um i like the rhythm of the chorus so like that's just most of her choruses work for me and the care for me breakdown at the end is used as a sample a lot like that so Uh, if it landed for you it makes sense because it's 
other artists said, I want to use that mm. um, because it, it just works pretty well. Oh, I also think it's a great kind of combo after Lost Ones, right? Lost yeah. Ones, that X, you're missing out. This uh, one is, oh, I love you, right? Like, I'm never going to love you as much. Mm. There's an interesting balance there. I think this whole album does some interesting conversation with itself. I think the next two songs also share an interesting relationship. Uh-huh. So next we have Two Zion. Featuring Carlos Santana. Yes. That's important. Like, Santana has to be acknowledged. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> smooth Santana? Yes, Santana. Santana. Santana is Santana, yeah. Ain't nobody else. Like, it's Santana. Okay. Which is why it's like, we gotta, we gotta acknowledge Santana yeah. in this song. So I have, again, hip-hop beats against mandolin. <laughs> I like that. The line, touch my belly, I'm overwhelmed by what I had been chosen to perform. Mm. So this song is a pro-life anthem. Ah! Big, big time. She's saying, everyone's telling me, think about your career, use your head, but I chose to use my heart and see this pregnancy through. And she's never been in love like this before. Ooh, and she ooh. is talking to her child. So it's very important to her. It means a lot to her that she made this choice. And I would argue, I think it's fantastic that there was a choice to be made. So I support that she made this choice that she did. Right. And so I think it's interesting that you nail it as pro um, uh, pro life, pro life. Excuse me, because I don't say that that often. Uh, sorry, guys. I'll tell you where I am politically. <laughs> um, because I, I, th- I thought there's very little pro life rhetoric used as much as it is it is pro choice. And I chose this baby, and I'm really happy with it. Which I think yeah. is, if pro life people want to talk to me, I think that's probably the way that you should be going when it comes to trying to convince people of your ways. But that is not He's, usually what happens, right? It's usually a lot of shame. <laughs> he stared directly at the mic. <laughs> looking at me and look directly at the mic like I'm doing now. I was like, I need you I need you all to know. Um, so we have definitely hit police issues. Yes. And unfortunate issues. Yeah, man. Yeah. What's the next top five? I think if we're going to go. <laughs> well, we get to... Uh, so we get to some stuff. So keep going. To Zion, there's more here if, if you have any. Oh, I, I do. I love the gospel backing. Mm-hmm. I love I think it was a beautiful song. I think it was heartfelt of just singing about how much she sees the love in his eyes, how much mm. this birth means to her. It just felt very, very honest. The one dig I have against it is at the end when they say, we're marching, 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 marching. Yeah. Too much marching. <laughs> and, yeah, you're like, all right. And by the end, it sounded like Martian, and I'm going to find a way to bring up aliens in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lil Wayne was a Martian. So Martian, 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 Martian. <laughs> I would say, to Zion is super interesting to me, right? One, uh, to talk about the marching thing, I think it's very clear throughout this album that Lauren Hill does not rush ever, right? Like she yes. takes her time, yes, with every song and with every verse, right? Like she, if you feel that way throughout that, that would make sense because I think she just, she is very much a vibe mm. and she's riding that way. Uh, and there's tenderness and there's a lot of feeling, but it is there now. So to Zion specifically, this is and talking about it being very conservative, very very religious is this is Virgin Mary trope narrative. This is then an angel came one day told me to kneel and pray for until for unto me a man child would be born. So she is equating herself to being Mary, right? She doesn't say being a virgin, but she right. says like an angel tells me that I'm supposed to have this baby. Uh, so maybe it is pro life. And then so then she does and the world tells her think of your career, think of your life, whatever. And she has the baby and she's very in love with this baby. Which is sweet. It's sweet. It's sweet and it's too and I think the first line is something like for you, Zion, when you understand it later, or like, it's like directed to, like it is to Zion, but even the first line is something like, for you later when you get older or something, right? I was almost like, 
that's a line of blasphemy. Like, we're playing with blasphemy when it comes to identifying I- identifying as Mary. God gave me this job. But it's fine. And that's where, for me personally, she loses me a touch. This Heard. album is an achievement. I'm not going to say anything about that. But I feel like when you tell me that an angel talked to you, you're, you're losing me. <laughs> when, 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 yeah, yeah. when you say it's all for the power of, of him and I give the glory to him, you're losing me. Yep. But that's not to take away from her experience and how she's living her life. Because obviously she's doing a great fucking job. Jamie, did you not listen to Jesus Walks? Yeah. Okay. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you can't. Did they lose you? The moment they... Oh, come on. A little bit. <laughs> You're like, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep consistent with that. <laughs> Do you have any more thoughts on... Um, I want to slide to the skit that's after this song. Okay. Which is just interesting because we have this song that I love my child. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher's question is, how many people here have ever been in love? Uh, I know none of the guys are going to raise their hands. Yes, that's, whole, yes, that's, yes. that's a great line. <laughs> but I think I think it's funny that we have that question posed after we're talking about a love that is familial, which is parent, parental. Okay. I think there's something interesting throughout this album in which love takes many, many forms. Ah. And that's cool, right? Because a lot of the songs are romantic love. We've got exes. We've got problems. But then we'll have later the songs about our neighborhood, right? We'll mm-hmm. the song about girl. Like, like there's oh. this love that exists overall that seems to be what Lauren Hill is constantly reaching for. That is, the higher power is often equated. We've got God, but we also have love, right? Like right. And I would argue love is mentioned more than God, right? Like, like the, the <laughs> There's a lot of God. There's talking. a lot of God in there's this album. There's a lot of God I will give album. you that. But there's a lot of love, and that love takes a lot of different dynamics. Yeah, so I'm I thought actually, that was kind of cool. I'm actually surprised, because I didn't get to my, you know, I like to get my thesis statements in. Yeah. I think that that should have been one of the thesis words. Yeah. Love, for sure. And I would argue, I, I would argue that her thesis is God is love. Yeah. And so she's like, love, God, God, love. And she just uses them interchangeably throughout the, her music that yeah. is all about love yeah. and God. And I understand. Uh, yeah. Not your favorite. It's Okay, I, I want to I be clear. I'm not... Uh, we'll get there. Next up, we have Doo-Wop, That Thing, which is probably the song I was most familiar with. Uh, I assume. That light driving piano that comes in, and then she hits the Sarat Alam Mustukim. I'm not sure if I said that right. I'm going to go confidently it. say... Go, yeah. Which means an Arabic term for the straight path or the right path that will please God. So that's where we're starting. I like when the, those confident drums come in. Mm. The horns come mm. in. Mm. And then our next line. You guys can't see, but I'm moving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, okay. yeah, yeah. And then the next line I wrote is conservative as hell. Because with lines like, the one you let hit it never call you again. Saying you're a Christian and a Muslim sleeping with gin. That's the scene that did Jezebel in. And talk about what people are wearing and the expectations of what <laughs> that might be. I was like, Lauren, chill out. Yeah. And I think that thing they're referring to is sex. <laughs> I'm glad that you got there, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, oh, no, it's wah, not wah. <laughs> God. <laughs> so the first, the first lyrics of, of this song are all about warning women about that some guys are out there just they only want that thing that thing that thing <laughs> and and to, to watch out and to be aware that you know not to let yourself be taken advantage of mm-hmm. by men who only want to sleep with you and then the next lines she says she wants to make it very clear and i like the way she said dedicated i don't even know how to imitate it which yeah. is like 
these next lyrics are dedicated to the man. Some, there's some kind of weird breakup. And I was, yeah. like, I was like, I like the way she like, said cool, that. Cool, cool, cool. Money taking, heartbreaking. Now you wonder why women hate men. But quick to shoot the semen. Stop acting like boys and be men. Mm-hmm. How you gonna win when you ain't right within? All that. Especially last one. Very religious. Mm-hmm. And I liked how this song felt musically dense again Ooh. like musically rich musically dense there were so many layers and vocals accenting her excellent vocal range already and co-signing and all kinds of there's this one beat that that repeats that just sounds like a subwoofer against your ear like yeah it, it's not a drum it's just bass it's yeah just bass <laughs> on beat and i thought that this was an interesting one after to zion because it's all about warning. It's basically saying, be careful of premarital sex. Yeah. That's what this song is about. <laughs> it's warning against premarital sex. And then... But we've got Zion. But we've got Zion. So it's it's kind of complimenting it, and it's kind of at odds. Mm-hmm. But it's a doo pop, fun song. If you don't dive into the lyrics, and you can just blast this in your car, this is this is an ox chord. This yeah. is an ox chord choice for sure. Yeah. The hook is a goddamn Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is there. Yeah, I think that this song is, is is a classic. I'm not surprised that you've heard it. I think based on our conversation, I've gotten to this interesting thought of you believing that Lauren Hill would rather her family starve than white people listen to her music. I, I used to believe that. Right? No, no, right. You don't anymore. But <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I used to. No, 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 no. I would never say that now. It was just uh, all of my past behaviors. <laughs> but that was a, a belief. But if a, I was thinking about this as I was re-listening to this album of like. If a white person was like, rap isn't music, mm. right? Rap is only about a few things. Rap isn't good. This is a song that I would probably present to them, mm. right? And and you calling it musically rich and didn't like that, which is a, I would present this album. And I think it's really accessible for white people because it's so musically rich, right? Mm. Like it's not just a solid beat with some rapping, right? Like it is very clearly so much happening. Orchestrated, um, I would say. Orchestrated yeah. is a great word. And so I think that's interesting. Now we've identified this song as, you know, anti-premarital sex. It's conservative. This is very much a, a thing that you would give to to the, the white conservative crowd that would be like, I don't like rap. Yeah. Find can, a problem with this. Right. This is kind of how I feel. Like, yeah. Give them that song and be like, what, what did you, what do you not what like? What content did you not like? Right. What content? Or like, because the music's great and the lyrics fit right into your own ide- ideology. <laughs> Big time. Um, so that's, that's something that I hadn't really thought about. Um, one thing that she did do in this this song, I believe, is like she acknowledges she addresses the men yes. or the women, and then addresses the men. Mm-hmm. She does that in other songs too. She's constantly like flipping the coin of addressing this person and then that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, in another song, she like addresses rich people and then poor people. Right? Like, there's this interesting thing where she's trying to hit all of the people, which mm-hmm. I think lands for her idea that her music is universal. Right? Ah. So she's constantly trying to hit all of the identities, and that every identity still has something to learn. That's my statement. I like that. I like that. that. It makes perfect sense to me, and I agree with it. Oh, I think not necessarily thesis statement, but like a thing that is a driving force within without this uh, album. How are you gonna win when you ain't right within? Is the line of like that is constantly how she's even presenting the conversation is always a question. How are you gonna do it when this isn't working? Right. What are you gonna do when this is it? How are you gonna like? It's almost always poses a question, which is a little less aggressive, but kind of cool. That that's her approach. And I, t- I took that, how you going to win when you ain't right within, as you got to get right within. And I, I took that as a, as a religious thing. Of, right. Of get right with, the only way you can get right within is getting right with God. 
That would be the follow-up sentence I think she would get. Right. So, again, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes, yes. We'll get there. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> at the end of Duop, we've got a skit again. Um, or in between these, these songs. The teacher asked, do you think you're too young MTV, to really yeah. love somebody, right? Uh, which is... These skits, these, these are probably my favorite skits in any album that I've listened to. They're Mine so far, too. Because they're just so sweet and fun and real and, like... That's, they're honest, but they're yeah. The honesty is gonna win out for me every time. Mm-hmm. Every time this comes up, so I wonder which album's gonna win this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the Battle of Evermore. Um, the difference from loving somebody and being in love with somebody like that's a that's a thing a kid is telling you. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a difference between loving somebody and being in love with somebody. And then another kid says you might stop being in love, but you're not gonna stop loving that person. These are children, right? And the idea of like. These are 10-year-olds. These are 10-year-olds in the classroom talking about love. And I think this harkens back to this conversation of the miseducation of Lauren Hill. These aren't conversations typical for a classroom. Right, sure. Yeah. Like, they aren't. And so I think there's something interesting about, like, in this classroom, we're having these conversations. Mm. Um, we're going to have a conversation about what love is. Because love is the most powerful thing, a.k.a. God. God is love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes. All right. Next up. We got Superstar. I like the smooth bass. It felt heavy, kind of felt a little seductive. Mm-hmm. And we had the refrain of light my fuck. Come on, baby, light my fire. <clears throat> Which brings me to my question. Have you ever heard of the band The Doors? I've heard of them. There's a song called Light My Fire. Really? It goes, come on, baby, light my fire. Really? Yes. And it is, She growing up in the 70s, there's no way that wasn't. She was doing that. 100% that was a nod to The Doors. Interesting. No doubt in my mind. I wonder what, this is a question I wish I could ask Lauren Hill, which is like, what is your favorite band? Like, what yeah. is, what does she listen, because she obviously listens to a lot. She's a wide range. She couldn't do this podcast because she's heard all of the albums, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that's the only reason why she wouldn't do this podcast. <laughs> Come on, Lauren. I'll be nicer about God. <laughs> so this whole song is contemplating the artist's purpose very blatantly. Mm-hmm. It seems like she's saying once you get successful, you're out of touch. Yep. When she says the thing, you've got prosperity, but no concept of reality. I kind of said this is the opposite of a hype track and maybe the friendliest diss track of all time. (laughs) She's coming at powerful people or superstars. Yeah. And saying, you know, you're not so great. You're you're on a different planet. You don't you don't even know what it's like to be real anymore. Yeah. But not very aggressively. It was like it was like she's lightly informing them. Right. As opposed to being like, you don't got shit. You don't need one. Right. She's not like talking bad about you necessarily. Being like, this is straight up. You're not good. You're not. (laughs) No. Everything you do is tired. Yeah. Everything you drop is so tired. So tired, yeah. I like the rap break. Hail you, then nail you, no matter no matter who you are. Of course, it's a reference to the crucifixion of Christ. Uh, they'll make you... <laughs> they'll make you now. They'll take you down and make you face it. If you slip the bag open, put your pinky in and taste it. Anti-drug. Saying, you know, you're going to slip up, you're going to fuck up, especially if you start doing drugs. Another conservative take from, from Lauren Hill. <laughs> That's kind of all I have on that. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's a pretty straightforward yes. song. I like the chorus changes at one point. You know, I love when a line like mm-hmm. is one thing and changes. The backing specifically changes to what are we here for instead of because uh, music is supposed to inspire, inspire. And then one of the is like, what are we here for? I do think that this album is very clearly heavy handedly trying to inspire. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it is very clear that it wants to do that. She wants to not be in the grain of dropping something that's tired, right. uninspired. 
uninspiring. We're here to do larger, bigger things. I kind of saw this song as her asserting that only she can be doing this. Like, because I'm real, because I'm young, because of my background, I'm the only one bringing this at this level right now. I'm not sure she's wrong. And in a very polite way. (laughs) In a very conservative, polite way. I I feel your butt clenching every time I call her conservative, and I'm sorry, but (laughs) prove me wrong using the text. Mm -hmm. See the next song. Yoda. <laughs> Final hour. Woo. Okay. We we come in with this storm in the background, and again, I wrote hip hop beat. So sorry. <laughs> and man, this is when we get real religious. He says, I, I, "I'm like Gemini, two people, both equal, rather Simeon." I had to find out who Simeon was. <laughs> Simeon is a biblical figure who was visited by the Holy Spirit and was told he wouldn't. He was an old man. Mm-hmm. And he was told he wouldn't die until he met baby Jesus. And mm. he, he finally met Jesus in February of February 2nd and is uh, celebrated in some religions as like, this oh, is gotcha. like Simeon Day. I don't know what the actual word is. So by comparing herself... Does he die right after? He dies shortly after. Oh, yeah. So fun times. Rip. <laughs> and he I would have avoided all babies. That's yeah. what I'm saying! <laughs> I read the thing! And he's like, oh, you know, you're not going to die until you meet... Jesus, I'd be like, I will get as far away from Jesus as possible. Like, <laughs> like, they're never going to be yeah. a baby. I'm going to be like the old man in Last Crusade. I'm choosing wisely, bitch. <laughs> the deep cuts, Indiana Jones, Jones. But truly, comparing herself to Simeon, I think she's saying that her career and this music is her destiny. Mm. She's saying, I'm not going to die until I've given everything I got. Very religious. Mm. I like that she said when she gets on top, she's going to buy him out and make a slumlord feel repentant. Yep. She makes a reference to Moses and Aaron. Oh, we, yeah. all know, we all know who Moses is. I did some research on Aaron. He was low-key kind of Moses' hype man. She mentions Psalm 73, yeah. which is the Psalm of Asaph, mm-hmm. which the amount of Bible <laughs> I did yeah. for this Did you buy uh, a Bible for this? <laughs> no, jeez. No, but I, 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 did a, I did a fair amount of research. Yeah. <laughs> so the Psalm of Asaph serves as a warning to stay humble and grounded when you're successful. Then she makes another reference to, this is kind of the hook, first you get the money, then you get the power, which is a Scarface reference. <laughs> yep. I like the line, I get the mozzarella like Rockefeller. I know that cheese means money. <laughs> this is a clever, fun way to say that. Jamie's hip. Yeah. So cool, man. Making sure I'm with the 144. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that exactly 144,000 followers will be chosen to get into heaven, which I believe that was a reference to. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an area code. <laughs> would yeah, that would have made Jimmy much happier I would have <laughs> like the line even if there are leaks you can't sink this ship baptize my lips every time I take a sip so I love so we, we've talked about how it's common for an album to leak yes so I think it was a reference to that too where it was like even if this is a leak just that, that whole rhyme structure of leak and ship and beautiful beautiful Work. clever Work shit Salat like a Sunni this is a ritual prayer of Muslims performed five times daily. <sighs> she likes God. <laughs> <laughs> She's very into God. Yes. Very, very into God. Uh, what this this is <laughs> heavily religious. Uh very 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 much so. I think there was like a flute in this one too. And yeah. I was like, that's nice. And I was like, now we have two albums, both had a flute in them. The little crescendo of the horns during the chorus was really dope. Mm-hmm. There's like this moment where the horns come in and they come they back off again. So this one is very distinctly like, here are my values. 
Yes. Right? I like, the verse one, we start with, yo, I treat this like my thesis, well-written topic broken down into pieces. This, to me, also harkens back to being a good student, because I'm going to be honest with you, thesis is not common. The word thesis doesn't make it into a lot of raps. Okay. Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's because it's so academic. Like, the idea of a thesis is very, not to say that black people can't be academic, but that's not what's coming into the rap space very often. But Lauren Hill is very academic because she's very well educated. Like, and, and so she's bringing a thesis. And I was thinking about how that was funny that that line exists. When you and I are constantly coming, you're coming right. up with thesis uh, for the other albums that we've listened to, and we have to kind of make them up. Where now we have a song that goes, This is my thesis. <laughs> <laughs> Here are my values. God. She does this thing again, where in one verse she's focused on the rich people, and the other one she's coming to the poor people. I think this is harkening back to like being right within, right? To the first verses to the rich people, like it's you have riches, but they're not important. Are you right within? And then in the. Uh, second one we've got to the poor people riches aren't important but god respects the struggle are you right with it we go to the same answer even though it's to both groups which is still i think that lean for or attempt to be universal is that this is a universal truth right is like you just have to be right within which would be you know look to god you love this song this is probably your favorite no (laughs) (laughs) next thing you have uh when it hurts so bad I like that Rasta drum intro. <laughs> I don't know how to better describe it. <laughs> uh, this song felt unique on this album because it kind of had, I-, I said, wandering lyrics. And it had the feel of a journal entry. Or th- mm. As like things were occurring to her, she was singing them. It, it wasn't as um, tight. Oh, I hear you. But I mean, that's that was the point. I mean, it felt more emotional and conversational in a mm. way, if that makes any sense. Confessional. Um, confessional. That's a great way to put it. The line, I gave up my power. Yeah. And I existed for you. Once again, this is about a relationship that's not going so great. This is mm-hmm. somebody that she had given herself over to completely and trusted, and obviously it was not reciprocated. The line, if you don't catch what you need, ironically, will turn out what you want to be. Yeah. So that's the whole attitude of getting what you need, or, or everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Or, or Rather, what I like to say is you find a reason for everything that happens. I don't think there's any sort of predestined anything. It's like, oh, this had to happen. So oh, we'll really? Blah, blah, blah. Believe deeply in God. I, I, do not, <laughs> I do not believe deeply in God. But I do, I hate, I hate the fucking phrase, everything happens for a reason. Mm. Because you can always find a reason for anything that happens. We extract meaning out of occurrences. Mm-hmm. So this notion that you, it, something had to happen or had to be, no, it's chaos. We're all swirling around in chaos. The chaos emeralds. <laughs> and we'll find meaning out of what occurs because that's what living life is. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I, I, I said this whole thing gave me a coffee house vibe, oh. a poetry feel, mm. uh, a subdued music kind of thing. Like there was, the lyrics are, are, are the highlight here more mm. so than the instrumentation. Oh yeah. We come back to when it hurts so bad, why does it feel so good? So it's something that she's coming back to because this is the third time we've dealt with somebody leaving or coming back or a misconnection in some way mm-hmm. and she knows it hurts so bad but she keeps going back because it feels so good yep what about your thoughts you hit you hit a lot of a lot of the thoughts i had there this is pretty raw right mm-hmm. like i loved real hard once but that love wasn't returned that's first line we jump right in to this honest like yo this stuff sucks right like like mm-hmm. it's 
rough. And you, you pointed out that line of uh, will turn out what you want to be, right? Like that it is the meaning in, in everything. Yeah, I thought I, I didn't have actually a lot to say about this song in particular besides that. Because it, um, it does speak for itself. I mean, it, does. She, it, it comes right out and tells you how she's feeling and on no uncertain terms. Oh, yeah. Uh, we do also have a skit in between this song and the, and the next one. We've got, you know, the teacher saying, do you think that TV and music have something to do with uh, why people are always confused about love, right? Mm. So now we're talking about outside influences on this love, bringing that up to kids. And one of the kids goes, because today we listen to a lot of TV, a lot of music, and it sounds nice, but it may not always be right for you. And this is a kid saying it. So I just love these things that, that are happening there. And that's kind of a conversation that's being had when it hurts so bad. Like, maybe it hurts so bad because it's not right for you. Right? Uh, like, that's... I think the skit is having this conversation. And then we move on even to... I, I used to love him. Which is another companion piece. This is like the third time it seems like these two songs are companion pieces to yep. each other. Because this is one where she's, she's taking power back mm -hmm. where she's saying I used to love him now I don't it, it's not her being tossed around or, or wronged or anything like that oh I wrote hip hop beat again <laughs> uh, I liked the repeating piano riff going out throughout the entire song the line he was the ocean and I was the sand mm. I thought was, was very evocative but this love that she felt was so intense dulled her senses and blurried my sight so I thought that was interesting when you, she's obviously so invested in this man mm -hmm. that she couldn't see the forest for the trees. She was yeah. so in it that there were maybe other things that other people saw about this relationship that she couldn't and lost vision, couldn't see her way. She says she chose the road of passion and pain, sacrificed too much and waited in vain. I think the key there is like she put herself through a relationship that wasn't good for her. By choice. I think the key mm. here is like, I was choosing to do this. And there was a lot of sacrifice. There was a lot of pain. But it was also passion. Because she, the blur, the vision, that line that you mentioned just earlier, that's like, to me, is like the passion, the losing yourself in a right. moment situation. I'm going to go back on my words. Uh, I said this is her taking power back. Uh, there's literally a line where she says, I gave up my power. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, she's I, recognizing. Yes, this is the... I'm over you now song, mm. right? This is the, we broke up and it's probably right after, right? When it hurts so bad, right? We are crying in our bed, not leaving our bed for three days. Uh, we haven't showered and we barely eat, right? Mm -hmm. It's when it hurts so bad. And then we've got three months later. I'm used to love him, but I, I see all of the problems that were happening. Right. Here's all of this. Get that bird's eye view on yep. the relationship and you can kind of have your He's own emotionally detached thoughts on it. Because I had, I got the vibe of like triumphant, like she is over him. She's done. yes. There's deeper meaning in her life now yeah. uh, than being in love with that man. You know, we've got the line, "Father, you saved me and you showed me that life was much more than being some foolish man's wife." Right. So, is finding this deeper meaning in life is now she's free of him. Yes. So none of you could see the barrel roll that was the eye roll that Caleb did. <laughs> <all day. laughs> it was. Yeah. So, so all these things, I want to, I want to, I, maybe I should address it now. Like, I want to say all of these things that she's doing and saying are positive. I wish she could recognize, let's go, let's go down the path that God is real and let's go down that road. Okay. She's still making that choice within herself. Mm -hmm. It's still something she's doing. Okay. In her own brain. Yeah. I don't think 
even if God is real, I don't think he has a connection where he can be like, good job, Lauren. Like, even, even down that path where, where I go down. So uh-huh. I, what I wish she could... There's a bush. <laughs> right. And that <laughs> mug is burning. So I, I guess what, what I want I would want her to recognize is you are doing this. This is your brain. Mm. Father didn't save you, Lauren. You did. Mm. Like, you, you took... Your brain took all the input from this situation, internalized it, and made a decision. That was you. If your belief in mm. something helped you inform that, that's nothing but a net positive. So I can't take away from her experience. Mm. But I, I, I guess I wish I could just say, like, it, it's within you. If you believe, mm. if you believe God is love and, and love is an emotion you feel, let that emotion inform your actions. Does that make sense? And that's mm. what she's doing, rather than giving it to a higher power. No, I, I'm I'm listening. I'm I'm thinking here. Okay, so we gotta unpack. <laughs> and this is right uh, before forgive them, Father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we gotta think ideology here. What what do we? Yeah, I'm not taking away. I'm going to try. If if, right, if, right. if being religious makes you happy, go for it. Okay, but I think there's a clear thing. Understanding belief, whatever the statement is, she came to that conclusion because. God led her to it. Which is something to be said in the statement of, I could lead you to a different conclusion that you've had before. You have the same information, and I could tell you, hey, have you interpreted it this way? Mm -hmm. I think we've done that on this podcast when it comes to a different song. Well, I heard it this way, and you go, ah, yeah, I now see that differently, Mm -hmm. right? The idea then is that God said, hey, have you seen it this way? And you go, I never saw it that way. Right? Like, that's the premise. Is in, and so... The statement of, like, God can't call you up or whatever. Lauren Hill has had conversations with God. Lauren Hill has been on the phone and been like, God is telling me this, right? That is the statement that is being made here. And if that's the truth, right, that's what she's believing as her life, then that statement makes sense, right? Like, yes, that it was you. You did change my mind, right? Because I had a full-on conversation with you. Now, what I understand is that it is hard to believe when you have full-on conversation with an entity you can not see or prove exists um, or uh, the other layers of God existing and not existing in religion. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm shitting on anybody because I'm honestly not, but it, it's just, it bums me out that she does present herself as such a powerful woman and a thinking, intelligent mm-hmm. woman and then to see, see her assigning power other than to herself, like, you d- uh, okay, we don't need to go down. But there are there. What's interesting hole. though is that the, I don't think that she necessarily. I, I, I see your when you're hung up, hung up on. There is a song that she has here in which she goes, "I chose my destiny." Right? Yes, it's like a yes, literal lyric. Yes, so, yes. So, I, I've so I think Lauren's idea is like there's a balance, right? Like I choose my destiny. My destiny is to follow God. God tells me things to do, right? So there is this interesting balance where there is autonomy and there's also connection with God. So in this scenario father saved her but she also chose her own destiny it's an interesting place to be yes all right so we can keep going <laughs> oh one thing i liked about this song yeah. though is the shared verse with mary j Bosch. i thought it was cool like they pass it back and forth and oh like, yeah yeah that, yeah, was, yeah that was cool next we have forgive them father this point when i wrote it i go is this low-key a christian album <laughs> and, and now i'm gonna say this is aggressively a christian album yeah uh we even start with a prayer forgive us our trespasses we all know that prayer is they we forgive people who trespass against us. Mm-hmm. Big reggae feel, organs. I liked the line, 
then use your kindness as their ammunition to shoot you down in the name of ambition. So it's kind of her saying, you know, be kind, but be aware of how, how, how other people are going to take advantage of your kindness. And then, ooh, she says, I know enough cats that don't turn the other cheek. And I just want to say, I like cats. I wish we could bring back cats. It's like, like saying cats? Saying cats. This cat down here. I, like I that. love that. You're I like right. that. So I know enough cats that don't turn the other cheek, but I try to keep it civilized like Menelik. Menelik is an emperor of Ethiopia, <laughs> regarded as an advocate for African independence from Europe in the late 1800s. Oh, okay. Of course. The, ne the next line stuck out to me was, why black people always got to be the ones who settle, who march through these streets like Soweto. So Soweto uh, was a township of Johannesburg. And oh. students marched in the street to protest Afrikaans and English being the language taught in schools. The association of Afrikaans with the apartheid made South Africans prefer English. So that makes sense. The next line that stuck out to me: "Everyday people lie to God too. What makes you think they won't lie to you?" Which finally brought me to my two thesis words for this album, which is integrity mm. and self-reliance. Ooh, I think this whole album can can fall under those two words, where she's routinely singing about being true to herself and doing things for herself. You're right. Kind of giving glory to God. But I feel like that's what this is all about. And she's, so she's saying all these things that people do and saying, forgive them because they don't know what's going on. And of course, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Is yeah. one of the things that Christ said as he was dying on the cross. Yeah, look, you know a little something. I know things. <laughs> <laughs> I think those thesis words are good. They're right. I had the line, why black people always the ones to settle written down. I love the little staccato, like, twangy guitar popping up. Like, yes. That, yeah, we love it. We love to see it. To go back to why black people always want to be the ones to settle, that harkens back to the miseducation of the Negro that we are yeah. talking about, where, where he said they have to seek out inferior places to get along with the greater society. Powerful and You're right. fucked up. Mm. I was like, so this whole song is asking for forgiveness for their backstabbers. What a contrast to the classic rap beat. Right, ah, which I thought was kind of yeah. cool. Like this is for this to be a hip hop rap album, and it not it'd be like, "Yo, we got beef." Like I'm sorry, but that also leads me to one of my favorite lines: "It's just feed a man till he's full, and he still want beef." <laughs> 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 Love a good beef line. I was like, "Bar." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In the bridge, we've got like Cain and Abel, Caesar and Brutus, Jesus and Judas. Backstabbers do this. Mm -hmm. Yep, uh, we're, we're name dropping there. This is. I, I thought it was an interesting take. But yeah, that's... that's yeah. It was a good song. Not an Oscar choice. Not an I'm Oscar never choice. never going to be hitting that one up. This next one may be an Oscar choice. Whoa. Uh, we got Every Ghetto, Every City. I really like that 70s funk vibe that ah. she was putting out. It's very aggressive. It's very clearly a love letter to her hometown. Oh, yeah. And, and very personal and very specific in a way that I really responded well to. Mm. I liked the line when kids were stealing Quartervilles for fun. Quartervilles is a coat. Did you know that? No. And rode a mongoose till dark. You know what that is? No. It's a bicycle. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we have, I think, the final time a weird musical reference comes up, and it's the chorus. Looking back, looking back, looking back. Does that sound familiar to you, Taylor? Uh, it's the Welcome Back Cotter theme song. What? Yes. There's an old 70s TV show. I believe it's where John Travolta got his start. Okay. Uh, the theme song goes, Welcome back, welcome back, welcome ah. back. It's the exact same. It's that. It's the exact same. And, and it was popular in the 70s. She knew exactly what she was doing. It's a reference to hmm. watching TV shows like Welcome Back, Connor. 
Which is one of my favorite uh, lines in the in the song is Saturday morning cartoons and kung fu. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Is that cool? Uh, to do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> great question. This is a classic. This is where I'm from. So, yeah. Right. This is harking uh, to the place celebrating her ghetto, uh, which she you know calls the New Jerusalem, which is a religious and to be clear, a very high praise. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what that is, what, that she's doing that for. But yeah, it, I thought it was a pretty straightforward... It was like, a fun little song. It's my home. Yeah. It was, I love it. Yeah, no, no one were, now I know where to get the best popsicles if I ever go to Newark. Oh, we also have a skit at the end of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, he about to give us a dissertation. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, and then he kind of... he kind of Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, like, yeah, quiet. He recoiled like, a little. When you just love somebody and, and you hope they feel the same, same way, way you do. Like, it's like, like, oh, buddy. Come here, pal. So, so soft. Okay, and then we got, next up, Nothing Even Matters. Uh, and I was saying, I said, this should be added to that Drake song. It was like, we need some Luther Vandross in uh-huh. a little. This is, this is a song about getting down to the getting down. That's uh, Kanye. Is it? Yeah. The Slow oh, Jams is Kanye. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Thank ooh, you. Ooh. Oh, stop. <laughs> All the black so people sound the same. I, That's what he just said. I feel like this song is is the moment right before like they're gonna have some sex, or or, or, possi- or possibly about the part of the relationship when it's brand new and you just can't get enough of each other, and yeah. it's just every time you see each other, it's this like sensual kind kind of thing. Oh, NRE, NRE, uh, new relationship energy. Oh, I've never heard that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Then nothing even matters. It has big NRE energy. <laughs> big NRE. Um, <laughs> D'Angelo sounded fantastic. I'm sure he looked fantastic in the, when he, this is being recorded. Uh, but yeah, it's just an intimate, intimate song about nothing, only being concerned with your partner in the moment in a romantic, sexual way. Oh, absolutely. It's nothing even matters, and then the line, nothing but you, mm-hmm. is sad, right? Like, it's very clear. Yeah, I don't have a lot on this, except for I thought it was really refreshing to have a male vocal. Mm. Um, I don't know why. Like, because I like her singing, but yeah. it was like, refresh. I was like, oh, hi, you know? I just wrote, this is the slow jam. Yes. This is the, we are getting it on. This is Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. That, that, that is, it. this is a, you're going in. And she had to know what she was making. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I need to readjust. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, we got uh, Everything is Everything, which is the song I was second most familiar ah, with, the, okay, with okay. Uh, on this album. I like these hip hop strings we got going on here. Mm. I just wrote down a lot of quotes. Yeah. Um, it seems like we lose the game before we even start to play, mm-hmm. which is just a real bummer. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it, spe- it speaks to, you know, the black experience in, in a way, yeah. I think. The notion that you're, you know, starting from behind, admi- admitting the disadvantage, and it's, yep. it's, it's, it's hard to listen to, if I'm being honest, where I'm just like, damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, fuck. But I mean, that's a part of why we're doing this goddamn podcast to, to <laughs> learn and, and, and be better and accept different points of view and consider them so yep. some of these things that are said casually that, that land on your ears like <laughs> cut me sometimes uh, and this is one of those times where i'm like fuck yeah because that whole verse first verse is i wrote these words for everyone who struggles in their youth mm-hmm. who won't accept deception instead of what is truth it seems we lose the game before we even start to play who made these rules we're so confused mm. and we're just like yeah I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> uh, I like the line develop a negative into a positive picture. Again, just a mega, just so much jammed in there that works so fucking well. Love a line like that. Uh, let's love ourselves and we can't fail to make a better situation. 
tomorrow seeds will grow. All we need is dedication. Mm-hmm. So that's that's it, a line I wrote. That's, that's it's speaking to your kind of thesis statement of inspiration. Yep. Where it's love ourselves. We can't fail. Let's take this fucking situation, dedicate ourselves to getting out of it. It's just a beautiful... And that it will happen. Like, yeah. that it can, right? With the seed imagery. It's an, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last thing I have written down is she hits, hits us with a lot of la-la-la-la-las. I did. I did and if she had a shot, <laughs> if she had a shot in front of all those la-la-las, she'd be in Counting Crows territory. You're right. I, I like, grimaced. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you hit all the things I, I thought. I like the contrasting title versus the last one. Nothing even matters to everything is everything felt contrasting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Title-wise, I thought the line that was very self-aware was, now hear this mixture where hip-hop meets scripture. And I was like, yeah. Yep, yeah, it is. That's it. You're right. You know what you're doing. You absolutely. So yeah, that's all, that's all I really have. You hit everything on everything is everything that I was thinking about. Next we got... The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yeah, yeah. I like that we start with uh, these old record pops. It sounds like it's an old mm-hmm. LP, the needle being mm-hmm. put down. There's a grainy piano. This feels confessional in some ways. Mm. The line, every time I tried to be what someone else thought of me, I was so caught up, unable to achieve. Yeah. Going back to self-reliance and integrity. Mm-hmm. And I made up my mind to define my own destiny. Like, yeah, 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 this is the one, and this is where I was going to talk about it. But I hear so many cries for help, searching outside themselves. Now I know that his strength is within me. And I wrote, So close, (laughs) like you you said the destiny thing, you make it on destiny. You're so close, Lauren. You're so close. Great vocal performance, really shows her range. And I feel like this song was more about her voice than any other song on the album. I would agree. Yeah, you knocked the the lines I, I kind of pulled out. I also want to say, like, think about the power of this sentiment, though, of, like, having an album that ends up being so popular, and you have a line in one of your songs that's, I made up my mind to define my own destiny, right? We're talking still in the time in which we still have to deal with it now, of systematic oppression, right? And Mm -hmm. problems being here, and there being, there's a constant rhetoric of what do we do, and how do we rebel, and this is just, like, very powerfully, like, I made my own destiny. I'm making my own destiny. Very much in the realm of of hip hop life, mm-hmm. right? That's very very hard of that. Piano's great. I think that's a sexy synth in there, mm-hmm. um, which you know we love to see. I even thought like the background vocal at one point is like nearly overtaking the lyrics. Like there's a point where like yeah. she's singing, and, like, there's a background vocal of that that um, elongated like drawn out voice, but it's good. It like, is. I'm good. not upset about that at all. I also just wrote now that's a ballad. So uh, back off, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, <laughs> I can't remember what rumor song it yes. was that I was like, leave it to black. Where people. you said like, you wanted you, this is this is the one song you miss, black people. Yeah, yeah, because this was that this was that this was she was singing right, and not a lot else was like songbird, songbird. You wanted it, you wanted. Just yeah, and singing. I was like, mm. and songbird versus the miseducation of Lauren Hill, no contest. Right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> Next, we have can't take my eyes off of you. I thought it was a fun hip hop cover of the Frankie Valley song that were that I was familiar with. You'll notice that she still chose a song that has prayer and God in it. One <laughs> <laughs> yeah. last love is alive, and I thank God I'm alive. Don't let me down. I pray. Mm-hmm. I like the organ. I had a physical response to this. I was sitting there grooving a little bit by the end. I did think it was an odd choice to have a cover on this album. Yes, and so I can speak to that in a minute, but I also just want to acknowledge that we have a, a cover here, 
and we also had a cover on Led Zeppelin. Um, which I was, wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> I think it's kind of like, so she did a white song, he did a black. I mean, to be fair, this is a black interpretation of a white, white song. song. Right, and it's funny when we have overlaps like that that are very un- unplanned. Arguably, I like this one better, but... Uh, <laughs> actually, maybe not. I don't know. Okay, but it makes me feel not as bad. So I looked that up because I was confused. I was like, why is this on yeah. the album? did you find? And yes, Great. so one of the producers mentions that originally this was recorded for the soundtrack for the movie Conspiracy Theory. So this oh wasn't my God. for this album. It was just made... I've never seen Conspiracy Theory. <laughs> let me, let so, me pull So it look that up. Uh, and then the rest of it, he has like an actual statement the producer does in which he goes, she called me and she said uh, she was behind and had to get it done. She didn't know how the arrangement of the song went. So we went and got a copy from Sam Goody, a little one room, 16 track studio in my apartment in Jersey. Lauren was eight months pregnant, laying on her back on the floor, half asleep, holding a handheld mic. And then she did all of those vocals off the top of her head, pretty much in one take, with the beatboxing and all of that. Woo! She is musically talented. So that's all that I have on this song. But that was like kind of fun to think. Is like she was doing it as a cover for this movie, and she just lays down and goes, "I've never even heard this song. Play it, all right," and then sings it. Right? Like, wow. I mean, it was it was a great interpretation. Yeah. Do you know what a Sam Goody is? No. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh my god. Uh, so his old music and entertainment so, retailer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so like a Barnes and Noble but for music. Nice. Very dated. It's so funny <laughs> that I, I never thought to think that you'd never had an experience of going to like a, a record store. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not a thing. Tower oh. Records. Oh gee. Oh gee golly gosh. You know, record stores were, were fun. It was, it was an experience. I used to love going to, to the record store. You'd go to the record store. And then I'd go the, down uh, to the Bijou and get a penny candies and moon pies and penny whistles. I realized it sounded Yeah, where'd you fuck. leave your walker? <laughs> right. <laughs> fuck off. So finally, we got Tell Him. Mm-hmm. First thing I wrote was, damn it, it's about God. This is her prayer. And I said, if it's about a man, this is surprising. Mm. Um, <laughs> lines, all childish things end. Patient yeah. and kind. I was like, oh no. Is, <laughs> I was like, this is Corinthians 13, 4. Uh, love is patient, love is kind. Lo- well, uh, really know the Bible. It's never be jealous, proud, boastful, and loud. These, this is all fucking Corinthians. He's <laughs> a recovering Catholic. <laughs> See what we now know to the love that was shown when our lives were spared. Mm. It's crucifixion. Yeah. It tell, is. Tell him, tell him. I, I I know. She's recruiting. Mm-hmm. This this is this, this is, last song is like definitely yeah. come come, I, come along. Yeah. What's so interesting is this placement, this album in the world of hip hop. The idea of it being so heavily Christian. We have Kanye West who later will talk about how you can't talk about Jesus, right? Right. This whole album is r- riddled with reference, yes. right? In some ways I would argue Lauren is the exception, right? Okay. And what's interesting now is we're going back through a new wave of that where religion is in Christianity specifically is re-entering hip hop culture. It, it like, is left for a while and now it's coming back. Uh, I would I give a lot of credit to Chance the Rapper for Coloring Book, his third album, ends up being very like there's a there's a choir that sings okay. gospel and like you know like and then he raps, right? And like it's and he talks about God and he makes references kind of very similarly like this. So I think like kudos to, to Lauren for doing this. Uh, at the time that it's very different. It is different than what else is going on. It is also very different than the bravado that we see in a mm-hmm. lot of other... Right? Like, it's... Mm-hmm. Overall, Lauren is doing her own thing here. So, respect to that. I think 
the line that spoke to me was like, now I may have wisdom and knowledge on earth, but if I speak wrong, oh, then what is it worth? There's something about, and we will see this as a reoccurring theme when we have, like making sure you say the right thing, right? Like to, to do, and that's, I think would fall really into integrity, mm, right? Okay. What is it worth if I'm not saying the right thing? Like I, I know what, I know myself, I know I believe in God. What is it if I'm not saying the right thing? She has a lot of integrity in this album. Agreed. So it would, fe- it would feel, okay, to, to, to backpedal on my cynicism a little bit, <laughs> it would have felt dishonest to her not to speak about God in the way that she did. Because I don't think that she has a conversation in real life where she doesn't bring up God. So. I think that's true to who she is. And I think we, we listened to that interview, uh, and she kind of talks about love kind mm-hmm. of very similarly. She still delivers things very much in the same way of like, I love everyone. Like, I'm universal. Like, you know, like, there's still that underlying, like, religious in her being. So this is an honest presentation. Yeah. Then I, and that makes it easier for me to respect rather than the, the fake, like... Because I don't think it's propaganda. The fake, like, Christian lady hopes... I hope to see you in church, honey. Oh. Like, that kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's it. But it, it was fine. Yeah, I, but so okay. I don't want my cynicism to, to 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 override. This album was a fucking achievement. It was, it was beautiful. It was honest. It was unique in a way that we can talk about who wins. Yeah, I mean, who wins this? I week? mean, the miseducation of Lauren Hill wins this week. There's, there's no uh, this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the album that you said a lot of your friends were like when you were yes. discussing this. Was yeah, like, yeah. which is funny because my friends aren't all religious, right? But still, this gets that credit. And even people who aren't, like, still give the miseducation of Lauren Hill. All the songs were distinct, unique. They felt different. There was just so much more. So they felt so different, but thematically unifying. Skit work was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Well, yeah, skit work was informative and served as a way to elevate the songs themselves and not undercut in the right. way that they have. It was engaging. It was supporting. It was engaging. Yeah, no, this album was fucking fantastic. Led Zeppelin Four is still a song, an album I will listen to over and over again. Right. I still love it, but they're just on completely different tiers. They're just Honestly. completely different. And when you're bringing these two together, one's an honest, personal achievement and the mm. other one is a bunch of nerds singing about lord of the rings yeah but yeah. in a really effective and like, way. And like rocking it and like yes. feeling it and like yeah a, a great album but i mean it's it's, it's miseducation i do day, think miseducation day. because of the, the closeness to the artists that you get yes this, this is a raw album right like this is she's we know her right. i i know lauren hill after this album mm. i do not <laughs> i know like Lord of the Rings is cool. To, like we could probably talk about it, but like I don't know right. much else. And and that we also are a little bit misogynistic. But yeah. So that's that. Uh, does Lauren Hill make it to brunch? I think Lauren Hill definitely makes it to brunch. So too. Yeah. I, think, so I think if they haven't heard the line, she'd rather her family starve than right. If, if, <laughs> so if, if they hadn't been blatantly lied to, <laughs> yeah, and 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 just fucking misguided, yeah, Lauren Hill's definitely coming to brunch. Yeah. I, I would agree, and I think, and I think she would have a good time. I think she would too. Ah. she would probably convert if them if they weren't. Uh, is Led Zeppelin coming to the cookout? Ooh, this is what would happen. <laughs> Hiding in the hedges, watching <laughs> like the main oh, queen. No, no, no. <laughs> Led Zeppelin is friends with one black guy who brings them to the cookout, and Led Zeppelin is super excited to go to the cookout so he can steal everything that happens at the cookout. <laughs> That is, that, that is what, and so like he's like you know uh, 
Nah, he doesn't care if he's cool. He wants to be in there so that he can know the secrets and make a song uh, of his own. <laughs> What's in this potato salad? It tastes fantastic. Nobody tell him! <laughs> right? like, I see you wrapping up your ribs in tinfoil, right? <laughs> no! <laughs> like, that's how I feel. It's like, he did. Oh, yeah. and, and I think he does have... Because, you know, the, the best thieves uh, have friends on the inside. So, Ooh. like, that's... <laughs> so, that's that's what I, what I think. Wow. Okay. No one's happy that he shows up. Besides the one friend who brings him. But he, he won't get kicked out. Oh, Robert's cool, man. And Just he, give him a chance. Uh, mm, mm. Why are his pockets he could, lined with plastic? But he could talk. He could talk <laughs> black music, right? Like, he could talk blues. Like, you know, because he knows how to steal it. So, like, he, he could hold his own probably in a good conversation. You could not bring him Lord of the Rings. That wouldn't land at all. Yeah. He, that's a part of his life he'd have to just leave at the door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. Do we have our albums for next week? Yes. So I'm giving you Channel Orange okay. by Frank Ocean. Okay. Any 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 info you want to give me? or? Yeah, I think it's really funny that we're going to go from Lauren Hill, who's very, very uh, Christian, to Frank Ocean, who is one of the most popular gay, uh, black, contemporary Okay. Artists rapper uh, i think he falls more in r&b but okay kind of raps uh, it's tricky yeah and jamie just so you know this is not the get out of my dreams into my car fuck <laughs> that? that's his I, that must be his dad that no that is billy ocean ah! <laughs> you know that song. get out of my dreams Wait, I'm going to give you Billy Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Is that happening no, right no, now? No, no, no. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my god. Number one, I don't think I can because he's a black man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know Billy Ocean. I, oh, yes. So I, the only way that I know Billy Ocean is not from his music. It's from the TV show Everybody Hates Chris. Oh. In which it's, it's it's Chris Rock narrating his life, right? And he made a yeah. show about it, right? Chris Rock's sister loves Billy Ocean and argues he's better than Michael Jackson. And that is a constant argument in that TV show. That's funny. And I don't know. Because I've never listened to Billy Ocean. Listen to, listen to Get Out of My Dreams in My Car. Okay. Okay. So I was between two and... Yeah, I'm going to give you Billy Joel's The Stranger. Hey everyone, uh, Editor Taylor here, uh, just stepping in because Jamie is about to give Caleb a Billy Joel album, but in the time span of uh, the next couple hours after we recorded this, he had decided to instead go with Lungs by Florence and the Machine. So you get me to tell you that it switched up a bit so that you're not completely confused in a couple of weeks when we come out with one that is not Billy Joel. Billy Joel will inevitably come back to the rotation, I'm sure. But the next one will be Channel Orange and Lungs, not Channel Orange and the Billy Joel album. <laughs> back to the end. Billy uh, Joel's The Stranger. Because I don't think you can we can get out of this podcast without what you up? listening to Billy Joel when we're talking about white music. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I think I, I think there will be... There, I chose that album because there are some recognizable hits that I think you... That, that have probably permeated your layer. Okay, so I probably know... And the ones that aren't hits aren't tough listens because i do try to give you stuff that i think you're gonna like anyway. right yeah. right right but yeah so so we're gonna have channel orange versus the stranger next week uh, and i will you'll be happy to know that channel orange is significantly shorter uh, <laughs> <laughs> than the albums i've been giving you i will you should be happy about that cool um, yeah uh, so this has been 
the other side of the tracks. And we do want to talk to you guys, and we hope you interact. Thank you very much. And if you, the listeners, have any ideas for albums to swap and talk about, please let us know. Uh, you can find us on Facebook on the Other Side of the Tracks podcast, Twitter on the Other Side of the Tracks podcast. Uh, you can, if you want to contact me directly, you can find me on Instagram at Choppy Chug Chug. I'm never gonna get over that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me uh, personally at uh, the underscore Negro Artist on uh, Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook. I'm Caleb the Negro Artist Rainy. Um, yeah. That's, and this has been the other side of the tracks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, folks. Bye bye. I'm wa- I'm literally waving to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whitest thing I've done so far today. Very polite. That's it. Fantastic. (laughs) How long was that?